previously on. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. If you guys do another curb, uh, another Crazy Eyes episode, have me on because this is Tim yeah. Conlon's. Right, we will absolutely. absolutely do another Crazy Eyes Killers episode as a bonus episode if you'll Perfect. come on. No, no question. Perfect. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different this week. Uh, I'm still Alex Chester, as always, and you're still Avsinensky. Sinensky. Yeah. And we're in between uh, season six and seven. And Larry and company took off uh, an extra year between the episodes. So we're going to take a week off the podcast and do something a little bit special. Uh, listeners of this podcast may remember that a couple of weeks ago, we had a guest who himself brought a guest. Um, uh, just a, a quick cameo for that guest. But uh, he said that he, he might come back. We might get another opportunity. And we're very excited today to have uh, Chris, uh, Chris Williams, Crazy Eyes Killer, back with us once again. So, Chris, welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good. How are you doing? What's up, motherfuckers? How you doing? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm good, man. I'm good. Never apologize for giving us crazy <laughs> eyes. Um, yeah, so thank you. We're very, very excited to have you back here. Um, I guess the first question, because this is what we've asked most of our guests, is – you know, tell us sort of how you got involved with Curb at all, like how the casting process worked and, you know, sort of how you found yourself uh, wor- working on the show in the first place. Uh, well, it came as a uh, an audition, but I had done, it was before, it was a third season, eighth episode. So it was before it was really, really hot. It was just starting to uh, gain traction. And I was doing a sketch comedy show that was on the WB network called Hype with Frank Caliendo who does the impressions and, <laughs> and I, uh, so it was a sketch comedy show and I was doing all these different characters. I was doing master P and I did, you know, all these different rappers and, and uh, Marla Garland was the casting director for hype. Who like, is like Jeff, Jeff Garland's, Garland's wife. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Jeff Garland's wife. So uh, I got the, I got the audition and supposedly uh, Ghostface killer, uh, sticky fingers, Mike Epps, Master P, they were all, they auditioned for it and wow. they knew, I, she knew I could do a Master P uh, impression or I could do a rapper. So uh, I got the audition and as I said, I, I hadn't even really watched Curb. I made one or two times. It wasn't in my, in my wheelhouse. So I wasn't really intimidated by anything. Um, and uh, um, the, the character obviously was a, a rapper and you're at your engagement party and you have to talk to Larry and the second scene was uh, give them a jacket and have a have a conversation so the only thing that you get is a slip of paper that says you're a rapper at your engagement say you like Asian pussy and you're eating Asian pussy and you can't live without it that was the one thing that they so had. that's that's the part that was set <laughs> yeah that's the, exactly, that's the only that's thing a must, that must. Asian, that's Asian a must. pussy is a yeah. must a- Asian pussy is a must so I just had that and talk to Larry. So before I left, I wanted to prepare myself. So I put myself in a, um, cause I'm from, you know, Westchester, New York. I went to Georgetown. I am definitely not a, a, a rapper, a gangster rapper, anything close to that. So I had to do my research. And, uh, so I left my house. Um, I have blue eyes and, uh, in order for me to look quote unquote hard, 
I figured I needed to at least have brown eyes. And from the Accepts Comedy Show, I had brown contacts, which always made me look harder. So I put these in, I put a white tank top on, uh, a baseball cap with a bandana, and I was uh, uh, not clean shaven, but I was kind of looking a little rough. And I put a big tattoo on my arm and I called myself the Wolf Man. <laughs> um, that's a, can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, when that's I left job. for the audition. Okay. I left like that. Yeah. Got a nice beard on there. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah. So I left like this. I had these fake teeth um, and uh, the brown contacts in. And uh, I call myself Wolf. I call myself Wolf Man because you know these these rappers. They always have their their nicknames, yeah, yeah. and you, you never know where they're going to get. Ghostface Killer, this that, and the other. So I I said W O L F F, like my name was Wolf, and I call my, myself the Wolf Man. Oh, like some dumb shit in in nineteen in two thousand and really two thousand two. Um. So so I I left my house because I had I was watching MTV Cribs just like what people would watch. And so I left my house as the Wolfman, as this rapper, just to convince myself that I could get away with it. So I was in my car and I went to the wrong office when they were uh, auditioning Curb. And I went into this, and this secretary sitting there, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm looking for a Curb you do yeah, something like that. She's like, um, yeah, it's down the hall to the right. I was like, yeah, thanks a lot. Just to see what the visceral reaction would be to some dude coming in there and me being hard. So went in there, got the slip. So it worked on Nervous White like, Lady. <laughs> exactly. So I got the, got the slip and I was like, just go in there. And I had a couple things that, that I, I wanted to do, but you can't, especially, you know, I do improv, but, but you can't be married to that because you'll trip yourself up. And also Curb is not, you can't be funny. You're not supposed to be funny. The situation is funny. So I went in there. And, I, and uh, Bob Whitey, the director, who won the Emmy for this, Bob, um, Jeff was in there, um, the casting director, and Larry. And I rolled, I was like, what's up, what's up? How you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, dap Larry up a little bit. Because I had, if I went in there like, hi, I'm Chris, I'm going to do a rapper. It's not going to work, right? So I went in there, yeah, what's up, what's up? I said, hey, yeah, yeah, your name is uh, Larry. David, Larry, you got two first names, man. Where the fuck you get that shit? He's like, my dad? I was like, yeah, that's some cool shit. Cool shit. Just to ingratiate me to him and get us in the flow of it. You know what I mean? Right. You want to start out like almost in character with him. Oh, no. I had to. I had to come in the room as the Wolfman or Crazy Eyes. What the hell? Wolfman. So I went in there and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and they said, okay, we're going to do the first. I'm like, cool, cool. And we did it. And I said, you like Asian pussy? I said, you know, something about it. You know, you eat it. And then 30 minutes later, you know, you want some more because that motherfucker shit age, you know what I mean? Right. Like jokey stuff like that. And then at, at one point I was like, um, I said, you my, you my nigga. And he's like, he didn't know what, he was like, oh, oh. I was like, yeah, 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 you my nigga. Because that would, to me, as the rapper, would be a common... Right. You know, I'm glad it, I'm glad in real life Larry paused because in the episode he doesn't. He responds and it's like, yeah. Right. Right, right, right. <laughs> Not so sure you should be they, knew, they knew that it was gonna it was he knew it was kinda coming at one yeah. point. So I went in there and I did the edge and I was like, Yeah, thanks a lot. And I left and I went to the grocery store. I remember grocery store dressed as crazy, you know, as the wolf man, just to see if I was still getting a reaction from people. And uh, and they told me I got the gig. And I was like, that's amazing. And, he, and, and Larry said, is he, is he a good rapper? Is like, is he, 
And, then, <laughs> and Jeff's like, because Bob had worked with my sister. Bob Waddy worked with my sister. And he's like, you know, he's just an actor, Larry. You know, don't worry. You know, don't worry. Right. But I was like, yeah. So. So I got the role. Now I'm like, what am I going to do? So I'm hold like, on. Okay. So did Larry think that like the rapper character yeah. was like a real character? He thought that was legit. Yeah. He thought I was a rapper. Okay. He thought I was a real rapper. Because <laughs> he had seen these other guys come in. Yeah. But, you know, I had. I had and Larry's not Googling that. He's like, all right, he's Wolfman. Yeah, he's the wolf. Yeah. Right. right, right. So, so I went in there. did that, And then they called me and they're like, okay, you were shooting so-and-so. What's the name of your character? And I was like, oh. I was like, ooh, you know, I don't like wearing contacts. I don't wear contacts. I don't like wearing contacts, but I got to be hard. I'm like, well, I mean, I got to at least wear one, right? So I was like, I'll call myself like um, crazy eyes, crazy eyes, and put a kill on it and spell it all in case. <laughs> that's, so that's how the name came about, because I didn't want to wear a brown contact. That's incredible. So, so you, like, you didn't just yeah. make up the name of a character. You made up the name of the episode. Yeah. yeah and it's like yeah. a so guest coming on. Good. That's like, I mean, when does that happen? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I made up a character, we'll, and I want you to name the episode. Yeah, after. maybe we'll find out that Bob Odenkirk showed up, and he's like, "All right, guys, I'm Porno Gill, and here's what's happening. I'm getting some uh, Tabasco sauce up my asshole today. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, uh, so, that's so awesome. I, I, I got the gig. I got the gig, and I when I went to this first day on set, I wanted to retain my visceral reaction. Of, you know, I, I wasn't I'm like, oh my god. Excited to be here with everybody. And I only got to uh, work one scene with uh, with Wanda too. The whole scene—that's the only the first scene—is the only time I'm ever even interacting with her. So and we we're, we're shooting and everything, and I'm trying to go as hard as Chris can be. Like I'm not, you know, but I, I'm for me as an actor, I got to be over the top. And at one point, um, when we're shooting the um, the scene with uh, getting the getting the jacket back, right? Yeah, he says, yeah. Um, you know, he's getting the jacket back, and she goes, "You didn't, you don't know what you know. You don't, you don't treat her right." And I turn around and go, "Shut the fuck up, bitch!" <laughs> and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, you know, less crazy eyes on this." I'm like, "Okay, I got it. you know, Tony, because I'm trying to go over the top because that's yeah. what I, I would react to someone who's saying, it, and then we change it to, you know, you fine, but I like, but I'm hitting on it, right? Yeah. So, so, uh, and at one point, and when we were doing the house tour. I was trying to make it as mundane as possible. Now, I think the reason why I got the role is because I know the, what the comedy of Curb is about. You can't just be a rapper and that would work with a regular rapper. But for me, my objective was if you can keep Larry off balance, because he's always the rock of, you know, and in charge of everything and the cog to everything. But if I can keep him off balance and he won't know what to expect, Right. The funnier it's gonna be. Yeah. So when I'm like, yeah, I like you, motherfucker. Don't hit me. He's like, oh, do, am I? Can I? Is it okay if I hug you? Like, what do I? What do I do? So the more I can keep him off. So I wrote the rap beforehand. I was like, let me let me write this rap just to play into what the show was going to be about because I knew the through line. But literally, as I said, only got was Asian pussy. Uh, take him on a house tour and give him the jacket. Right. And then get the jacket back. That's the only thing that's that it. I... That's the character. That's you could it. have been the that's, most that's forgettable the character. character in the history of the show. So so I was. I came in with a... I came in with the rap and didn't tell him I was going to do it. And then I broke out the thing and I was just rapping it. And then they say... And now they have a couple cameras going. So the first reaction was... He was like, oh, well, that's great. Let's do it again. And that's when he came up with, you know, turn the motherfucker to bitch. Like that kind of thing. 
And we just went, we were just rolling, like me and Larry, Larry and I were just rolling and going back and forth. And in the in the uh, the tour, and I will send you, I will send you, and never before uh, on my Instagram, there are actually clips that were wow. I got uh, a forty five minute um, uh, tape of an uncut version of Crazy Eyes. So wow. I have a couple scenes in there. Oh, that's awesome. That because I walk into a, I walk into the music room. I said, this is where I make my melodious music and shit. He's like, yeah, you make that. I was like, oh, like an echo. I said, go ahead, like, yell. Like, if I can tell him what to do, he's going to do it, you know, because he doesn't want to, you know, he's like, oh, I was like, you like that echo shit? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, um, a cousin DT um, and they brought a couple bitches around. I said, you always got to have some bitches around. He's like, yeah, he's yeah. He's like, you know, but you can't have too many bitches in the one place. You got to have a bitch here, have a bitch there. And you say, oh, you open the door and say, oh, bitch. And he's like, I like the theory of spreading the bitches out. <laughs> so and, and so, so everything everything that I was doing everything that I was doing is to try to make it as mundane as possible. Right. Yet he has to be engaged. So he is so uncomfortable not knowing if he's a friend of mine or I'm going to kill him or what's going to happen. And that's where the comedy comes in of the, that stress going back and forth with Larry that you don't know how he's going to react and he's beholden to my character. And when he gives me the, when I give him the jacket back, he says, are you my Caucasian? And you can see, if you look at my eyes, I was like, oh, that was good because I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. I was like, I was, now, and you know, now you've sucked improv, him in, yeah. yes, and, yes, and I'm like, uh, yeah. I said, yes, you might, he's like, you my Caucasian. He went topsy-turvy yes. on you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And actually another improv moment that caught me off guard was he had the raisin box. And he goes, you have some place I can throw this? And my whole thing was, okay, Crazy Eyes is the type of person that he wants to impress Larry. So he would have to throw this shit wherever. He's <laughs> right. like, just throw I was like, throw this shit, man. He's like, like garbage. I was like, throw this shit. And he's, then he throws it. I'm like, watch this. And people don't realize that they cut Delicious is actually a six foot five bodyguard. Oh, that's amazing. We discussed this on the podcast. Who are Delicious and Matilda? <laughs> Delicious is a six foot five bodyguard. So when he comes to the door initially and he hears the music, he opens the door and Delicious is looking at him he's like, what do you want? And he's like, um, I'm here to see uh, Crazy Eyes. And he just looks at him and he turns around and closes the door. And then I open the door and I'm like, where's Larry at? Where's that? Oh, there's my motherfucker right there. So you miss the whole, the whole him. He's already scared, not knowing what's going to happen. Right. And, and so delicious, when I yell for delicious to tell Matilda to come clean it up, <laughs> Matilda's the maid or whatever. Yeah. And then delicious was my consigliere, you know, my, my, my bodyguard, my right hand man. I, I got to say, um, I think Av and I didn't know that delicious was uh, like a name that like was a, um, you know, a name that went for any gender. So we sort of had a different delicious in our minds. And it's funny that there's literally like, you know, extras uh, cut scenes from the episode that show how wrong we were, I guess. So <laughs> and, and it's an homage, actually, because in the Kings of Comedy with Cedric uh, the Entertainer, Bernie Mac, Cedric the Entertainer says uh, he has a friend named Delicious. He's like calling my grown man Delicious. So I was like, oh, that's a good one. So oh, as an homage God. to him, I use Delicious in that thing because that's like a perfect like you don't know who it is. But I wanted to have you to have the amb ambiguity. You don't really know what's going on. Because yeah. in the episode, I think I said, don't worry, sorry about Delicious. You know, he gets a little, he's like, oh, okay, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> sorry about um, but, but there was no Matilda uh, uh, cast, right? 
there's no Matilda cat. Exactly. Because uh, I was thinking like a St. Pauli girl, you know, like a very uh, German uh, stereotype uh, uh, maid yeah, coming I, in. Too. <laughs> I think for all the uh, the pretty, pretty, pretty good critics out there who say that we tend to get a little bit too in the weeds on, you know, potential <laughs> plot holes and theorizing and, you know, trying to connect things together. You say, you know, Curb, it's not a serious show. Why are you doing that? Pretty, pretty, pretty good guys. I think we've just established that for every episode – there is a canon and there's a there's a series Bible and there are deleted scenes that establish all the like in-betweens and this is time well spent. Yeah, I think there was exactly. a reference to Delicious in season one. So they and then they bring it back two and a half years later. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Larry David knows. Right out of the, it's just like The Wire. Yeah. David. Uh, yeah. Same and then and then uh, we were in the in the dining room area. You know, when I, when I first walked, I said to dining this dining that motherfucker for making it as mundane as possible. He cut and he turns to me and goes, hey, man, you know, he's like. I got to say, you know, I'm really, you know, you did a, you're doing a great job. You know, you're doing a really great job. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. He's like, I could have written it. But, you know, he's like, I'm sure I'm sure you, you could have written it. Larry. He's like, but you're doing a great job. Just to give him the, the little extra things that he would not have necessarily known, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, there's one other thing I was going to say about it. Oh, and, and, then, and then Kunde La, so people don't know what Kunde, Kunde it's actually C-U-N- D E L apostrophe over the A. So See, people yeah. think it's cool de la, yeah, but it's I actually so. cool de la. Well, I, that I, was I have to say, also say as a white guy, it's easier if it's cool de la. That's easier to say. Because <laughs> right. the other thing sounds a little bit like a racial slur. Oh, that's, so, that's I never thought about it. Yeah, cool de la. So, yeah, it's a little. <laughs> uh, and that was a word that me and my boys made up. As we, we were on vacation at Martha's Vineyard. And we're like, let's make up a word and see if people start saying it. So yeah. he started, are you Kunde La? You Kunde La? So we started saying it. And of course, no one started saying it until <laughs> I bring it into the lexicon of Kurt. Yeah. So um, it was, a, you know, I didn't want to drop the persona, you know, too much of, of crazy eyes just to keep that, you know, the tension. But, you know, by the time I got to the, you know, the third, fourth, day, third day shooting, you know, it was like, I'm Chris and whatever. And I got Snoop Dogg to, uh, well, Snoop had a clothing line. And it says Snoop two one three, and you see in the last episode, and that that blue light blue jumpsuit. Oh no, yeah. when I give the tour, that says two one three. That's Snoop Dogg's line. It was cold one night, and they gave Larry a jacket, uh, and it had just Snoop two one three, like a really small thing, regular and just a, just a regular jacket and Snoop one one three. And we're at break, and it was the the playoffs for basketball. He's a big basketball fan, and he goes, "Does anyone want to come watch the game with me?" And Jeff's like, "No, I don't want to do it." And I was like. I'll go, I'll go with you there. It's like, okay. So we're about to get in his Prius and go and drive down from Malibu down to this little bar to watch the game. And he goes, do you think I should wear the, do you think I should wear the jacket? Maybe I should wear the jacket. I'm like, wear the jacket. The jacket's fine. He's like, I'm not going to wear the jacket. I'm like, wear the jacket. The jacket's fine. This should have been filmed as part of the episode. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I had a curb moment within my curb moment. Yeah. And we drove and we drove and sat at this bar and we watched the Lakers game, and I wasn't trying to fanboy out on him too much, but I was like, "Like this is so you like basketball?" I'm like, yep, yep. And we we're just talking, just you know, nothing too crazy. And we went back up and and finished the rest of the episode. So I had my curb moment within my curb moment, which was fun. That's very. It's very funny to think of Larry, like you know, in real life, like that. But actually, <laughs> I um, I, I went to the to a showing of the first episode of the most recent season which feels so long ago now because it was pre-COVID when you can actually do things like that um, in like in like the 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 Y or whatever it's called on the east side. 
and um and and Larry, one of the things he talked about was how in real life, like he was like he was he was asked, "Do you like being famous?" was the question, and he said, "Yeah, I love it." He's like, "I don't have to like get in a cab. I just like if I'm on the street in New York, I say, hey, can I get a ride? To, you know, uptown, just random people just give me rides.'" And then he says, <laughs> and then his daughter find out and yelled at him like, "No, Dad, you cannot be doing that." But um, yeah, so Larry's like, "Yeah, he just wanted to watch the game, and uh, that's pretty funny." <laughs> And at the end, when, when we get the jacket back, my final scene, you know, when I bang on the door and I get the jacket back and I leave, we stopped shooting and Larry came down and he gave me a hug. He was like, great job, gave me a hug. And they're like, Larry never hugs anybody. What did you do? Oh my God, Larry never hugs anybody. And supposedly they had to cut out so much of the, of the episode because I kept making him crack up in the middle of the scene. Like I'm being out, out, outrageous as crazy within the confines of my character, but you right. could really just go any, any, anywhere. Which with, is pretty outrageous. You, you didn't really have many limitations with that character. But it's amazing <laughs> yeah, to me, like, and, and not to blow smoke up your ass, but like, I'm get, like, as we, especially as we go forward and rewatch episodes, I, I'm, I'm really going to try and take a look at sort of like what we see as like minor one-off characters and see sort of what they're assigned to do in their interaction with Larry. Because I think there's a lot of people who are cast on the show and it's like they have one or two awkward scenes with Larry at a, at a, at a store or whatever. And they actually... It shows it's, it, how much it really is up to the to the to the actor themselves, uh, as an improver, as an artist, or whatever, to come up with like additional to flesh it out. Because I think a lot of people who we see on the show and we don't remember actually may could have done the same thing. They just you know the opportunities there on a show like this because you you have so much flexibility. You just have to get to like you know your one or two key spots in the scene, but they don't. And so I think it's really like it is incredible like how much you brought to this character based on like two or three like minor pieces of information. And, and it's only three named scenes. after him. Yeah. It's three. I'm only in three scenes in the entire episode. Yeah, but it's three for and, three. So, like, you know, right, it's, it's it's a very right, high right. batting average. I mean, like, I'm glad you mentioned, like, watching Cribs because, like, the, just that Cribs scene where you're walking around and showing every room, like, it, it's it seems like it's, 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 if I wanted to tell somebody what Cribs is without, like, and I had three minutes, I wouldn't show them a sort of Cribs. I would just show them that scene. It's such a great, like, right. it could be like a sketch on SNL or, or Mad TV or whatever. It's like, it's really incredible. Um, I mean, like the one, the one, I think like you, the one time you say like, and in this room, I just want to have like Scarface on 24 seven. I don't know <laughs> if I Mandela affected this or it's just like, or because I had seen it on curb or if it really happened, but I'm convinced that I saw an episode of Cribs once where some guy was showing his house. And like, I mean, like, so it's a stereotype, like rappers love Scarface, but I, I could have sworn that I saw an episode where some, some guy was like, yeah, in this room, I just have Scarface going on that screen 24 seven. And I probably did. Well, I probably just, you said it. And so I just think I saw it somewhere else, but it's so every like, time I watch Cribs, everybody was so into Scarface yeah, as their, right. their movie. So I'm like, I have to incorporate that. Yeah. And I also wanted to make <laughs> sure Scarface that at all times, yeah. that, that, Crazy Eyes was not considered because at that time, Master P was worth $60 million. I mean, he was on Forbes, whatever. He was a wealthy man from, and he was a hustler. So Yeah, he was becoming like an agent in the NBA and like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, are not, are not dumb. So at one point in the scene, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have an oil paint up there, right? And I'm going to have an um, a, a oil paint on myself, you know, because in Silk the Shocker that I saw on MTV in, in Cribs, had a huge painting of himself in a sweatsuit. I don't know if it's a velour painting or something, in a sweatsuit. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have that, I'm gonna put bad motherfucker on the bottom. You know what I'm saying? He's like, well, how are you gonna spell motherfucker? I said, well, motherfucker with an A, you know what I'm saying? Like this, and then I said, and over here, you know, I'm a ha- I want a Monet or a Monet because I'm a French Impressionist motherfucker, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or maybe a Pontormo, you know, Italian rent. And just to give a, a little twist of like, he knows who 
Pontormo is or this you know, is all in the 45 going. minute cut that you made that they gave you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, awesome. So yeah, I mean, I, they had much out. more of the episode they could have put up, put up, I think. Um, so that was a really, uh, it was, it was, and I only get to never really got to see Wanda that much. I just had that one small scene with her and, uh, well, it sounds like your character wasn't seeing much of Wanda either. <laughs> yeah. Right. But actually here's another tidbit. Remember the, the dinner, the last episode of that season with all right. the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. The restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. The opening I night. was supposed to come back with Wanda uh-huh. in that episode, but Wanda had a scheduling conflict and couldn't make it and they uh... couldn't justify Bringing crazy, crazy, crazy eyes is just there without one. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. They couldn't justify bringing him, bringing him back on his own. You know so, what? I gotta say, I was once my my now my now wife and I. I think we were married at the time. We're going out on a Saturday night, meeting up with her best friend and her best friend's new like boyfriend, and she had to cancel at the last second for whatever reason. And so the boyfriend just showed up solo. <laughs> it's like <laughs> like we didn't know who the hell this guy was. But he, he showed up anyways, and we thought it was the weirdest thing. And he spent the entire night with us, and he was actually a great guy. And we told him, like, yeah, he's such a great guy. Like, we spent the whole night with him. I don't know why the hell he was there, but, um, but then she dumped him. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, she, <laughs> she should dump him for being a sociopath and showing up on that dinner. <laughs> yeah, it was very exactly. weird. But, uh, but, yeah, we could have taken more crazy eyes. Um, yeah, but then the show, you know, obviously in, in true curb fashion, you know, the next time we'll see Wanda a couple years later, you're, you, there's no mention of crazy eyes. It's sort of like, you know, right. she's just in a new stage in life. Um, and Wanda, but, Monina, plays, but Wanda plays like a fictional version of herself. And obviously she was in a very different stage in life in terms of her public persona, you know, after 2008 or whatever in like, for, versus when she filmed it with you. So yeah, you, uh, you sort of get cut out there. Sorry, you were talking about Monina though. And Monina, uh, Kim Whitley is a friend of mine and she was about to audition for it. And she's like, I'm freaked out. I don't know what to do. Tell you, give me some advice. I'm like, just, and I was I was trying to give her and I give her some tips and ideas about it. she did a phenomenal job, but I think she put a Kunde La in there, a Kunde La in there, yes, yes. as a, for, for me as an homage to me, which was which was cool. Yeah, um, well, you got it in the lexicon, so you and your friends were right eventually. Yeah, I mean, I know I know season eleven of Curb, I think, is either filming or it's about to film. Either way, you know, if you're a uh, a guest star going on Curb, just say Kunde La, and you're going to be an iconic all time great Curb character. Like, that's just that, that's the secret sauce. Oh, you're, you're so when they brought me back for the, they brought me back for the tenth to, to the ninth season, tenth season, ninth season, ninth season, or tenth season. I went one of the, the last season. I had yeah. this whole thing, this whole elaborate plan. You know, I didn't know what my what I was going to be doing or what I was saying. And it was only that short little scene that you saw where I'm being interviewed. And I had a whole backstory of that crazy eyes had converted to Judaism, and he was going to just be, you know. I have a, I had a, uh, a yarmulke. I went out searching for the best yarmulke. I had a yarmulke <laughs> that was had gold on the side, and I had my Star of David. So you're like the Amari Stoudemire of hip hop, basically. <laughs> in, in the episode, uh, you can see I have a, a, a gold, uh, a Star of David with diamonds on it. So I wore that, and I was like, I have this whole thing where I'm gonna be, uh, yeah, I'm gonna remake uh, Fiddler on the roof of my car. You know what I'm saying? Like matchmaker, matchmaker, find me a bitch, and like. <laughs> Sunrise, motherfucking sunset. You know, so I was like, had this whole thing, and, and I was like, and then he converted to Judaism. Oh, and the, the rapper, like, ver- the rapper version of "If I Were a Rich Man" could be legendary. Yeah. <laughs> and I said to, uh, and I was like, pitched it, and Larry's like, you know, nah, cut the Jewish stuff. I was like, oh, it's killing me. Let Larry David, famously not a fan oh, of the Jews, so. <laughs> and and a an addendum to that. 
I've had such wonderful experiences because of Curb and Crazy Eyes. Uh, I was at the Oscars right before Precious, you know, Precious, that show, the movie. Yeah. And Lenny Kravitz was in it. And one of my good buddies who is a, uh, was Lenny's photographer and I, and I met him uh, um, and I was friends with him. He's like, uh, come to the, come to the after party. So I go to the after party and because Lenny wants to meet you. So I met Lenny and we had a little uh, repartee back and forth. Like, you know, we filmed a little thing of like me being crazy eyes. I'm like, yeah, this and the other. And he, and we had so much fun with it. I get a call the next week and my friend goes, hey, Lenny wants to fly you down to the Bahamas and shoot your own Curb episode. Okay. And I was like, <laughs> okay, exactly. Interested. So uh, Lenny Kravitz, Lenny flew me down to the Bahamas and I wore my outfit on the flight so we could start filming as soon as I, because right. the Bahamas was a small, a smaller plane. And by the time when I came off the, you know, stepping down the thing outside, they'd start filming right then and there. And it's as Lenny was having crazy eyes rap on his album. <laughs> that was the whole thing. So I was coming down there as Lenny's guest star to rap on his new album. And, um, and I came down there and it was um, three days. We did three days of absolute ridiculousness of um, uh, we shot like it was over the, the Seder Passover, right? So I was in charge of Passover and we came up with this whole elaborate, um, you know, story that I was staying at Lenny's house and then we go in the studio and we do some rapping and uh, it was just, it was, it was so much fun. And then I will, I will send this to you. Just so you can hear. But yeah, it's, a, it's called booty pop, right? Yeah. See, what, I I want, what I wanted to explain to you is booty pop. Is, well, <laughs> you don't have to, you it, want to explain is, booty pop to me. <laughs> Nigga, I know you know what booty pop is. I know, I know. I, yeah. But listen, listen, listen. Yeah. It's called booty pop. Got you. But it's not like a typical, like, like, oh, it's like ass a super. booty thing, right? Like, it's like, a super like booty it's a, pop. Like, no, 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 no. It's about the culture of the dancing on the island. So it's not like it's this like sexual, it's sexy. Right. But it's not like it's this sexual, you know, this overt, nasty thing. It's about the culture, oh, the women who come here to dance oh, and how man. it feels and how it looks in yeah, the club and, and, and they, the, the smells, the, 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 the attitude, the, and the, the scenario. And the booty pop comes from what? Okay. Well, the, the, the girls ass, are dancing. And the, the cheeks are snapping. The girls are dancing, but I'm just saying, I don't want it to be like, you know, Nasty. I want it to be yeah, cult yeah, a cultural thing. All right. So I'm gonna go on out. I'm gonna get behind the board. I'm gonna do my thing, man. Let you do your thing. Okay. And just keep it clean. Keep yeah, yeah. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come off. The, I'm just gonna come off the dome with some right. stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm just gonna let it flow. Right. I'm gonna let it flow. Booty pop, though. It's a booty pop song. It's a booty pop. Um, gonna gonna let love rule. Let you got a couple hours albums in this motherfucker too, right? Um. I like, are you gonna go my way? I like that rock and roll is dead. Rock and roll is dead. Yeah, man, you brought that shit back too. Rock and roll, you had some, uh, huh? The fire is burned. I like them. That. that one was those, uh, Jamaican joint. I like that shit. That was, that was a fly. I was on a, I'm flattered you know my stuff. No, come on, man. I'm a, I'm a fan too. That's why I figured, you know, this, this gig would be some cool shit, you know, between the two of us. We could collaborate. You do your love, peace, and happiness, and I do my thing. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm very happy that you're here. All right, brother. And I appreciate it. We're going to make this great. 
I'm show. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna show you what I got. You got it, right? Right. All right. All right. Is it an electronic drum or is it a real drum? It's a real drum. It's, it's a, a real, real drum. drum. So I don't yeah. work with real shit, man. Well, that electronic shit, you can say that for flock of seagulls shit. You know, dude, all that shit. I don't. I don't fuck with that. That '80s shit. I like this my. It's all real, organic. You wanna, you wanna, but you appreciate, you appreciate the ass, right? Cause yes. she's popping that booty, man. Okay. And I appreciate that shit, brother. I appreciate it like a mother, you know hit what I'm saying? Alright, let's, let's go. Let's go on. Let's go. Rock and roll, bitch, sister, till my dick is dead. Let me pop that booty till oh, I. Oh, oh. We got a little problem, hold on. What the fuck? Man, I was rolling, bro. I'm sorry, we got a little problem with the computer. Hold on one second. Motherfucker, man, come on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's got all that fucking hair. That's his problem. He can't get the fucking brain waves in that motherfucker. It's like a, a force field. Shit. Come on, Craig. That was my best. That was that was my best thing too, man. You know, I was like, I could feel it. I could feel the. I was in. I was, look. I was in the motherfucking. You know, they had the dance halls. In the Bahamas and the big girls are doing the. the big hey, we're back on. We're back on. Okay, we're back okay, on. we're cool. We're back on, right? We're back on. Here we go. Here we go. Don't fuck it up again, Craig. You hear me? <laughs> Rock and roll, Miss Sister, till my dick is dead. Let me pop that booty till I blow up your head. Gonna splash it all over and let love rule. Make it drop on your face, let it drip like drool. Smack that booty till it's like a boxing bag. Shove it in the back door. Fuck you like a fag. You scream crazy killer like you was my bitch. Just like those white boys, Abercrombie and bitch. Toss it right to Lenny to get his run. You know why? Cause it ain't no fun if my homie can't have none. Be a rapper, be a priest, get a motherfucker. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, be a priest, get You like this, right? I was rolling on that motherfucker. You get that, Craig? So I do this whole. I do. I'll, I'll just give you a. Slip off those wet panties and undo your bra So I can get this black velvet in your kunde la I'm a stone cold killer with one crazy eye Gonna watch that booty pop till it make me cry Gonna get let left rule all over your face Make a trip in your mouth so you can get a taste You better back that booty up like a pickup truck Beep, 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 motherfucker, what the fuck? You know what I'm nah, saying? Stop, stop. What? So he's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have we have Chris in the studio and uh, Lenny listening outside, just to set it up for the yeah. the non viewing audience. Um, yeah, so that was a, that was a hell of a rap. So he, basically, he he's like, that's not what we're going for because I'm too I'm, I was being too hard as crazy eyes. You know, obviously this it's offensive and it's ridiculous, but uh, yeah. So we shot the whole episode and uh, Lenny never released it. We never released it. That's the only thing that I have from it. So. It was fun to do, and I've been recognized all over the world for Crazy Eyes, which is cool. I've been like, in I was in a in, in the subway in Spain, and a guy goes to me, goes, "Excuse me, are you Crazy Eyes?" I was like, yeah. He's like, "Oh my god, I'm here to film the Australian the, the Open, the tennis." He's like, "Oh my god!" So all over the world, I've gotten I've gotten Crazy Eyes stuff, which is which is serious love. I love is it. that is that the role you get most like recognized by just like random people on the street yeah yeah well i get um uh, hoover from silicon valley uh, i was gonna say bit. that yeah to, to um, me that's such a funny contrast crazy eyes versus hoover like the, like the over-the-top bombastic rapper dodgeball yeah, well, yeah. But, i mean in all three of those you play such dramatically different personalities like i loved silicon valley i i mean i absolutely loved that show i thought like 
I mean, I liked Veep also, but I thought like when they were competing on like a back to back on Sunday nights at HBO, I thought like Silicon Valley was like just incredible. And yeah, you, you play like opposite Gavin Belson, such a different character that I didn't realize it was you at first. Cause you're like, you're so dramatically different. Like you're like desperately sycophantic, but like, I think a huge, like you, you can't really act out cause you're like playing sort of the straight man, but you act so dramatically with your eyes in that show, I think. Which and obviously you do with yeah. curb. I mean, you're literally called crazy eyes. And and and, and, and I mean dodgeball also. Really, it's the same thing where you're like this, like almost like this scared little pussy. And <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't say that. Uh, sort of scared little uh, guy in a lot of ways. But yeah, and your eyes are sort of bulging out. And it's it, I wonder like has that become something like like or, or like in casting and stuff? Are they looking at are they looking at you for that? Uh, well, the the good thing about being versatile is that I can do anything and everything. But this is me and my sister uh, from Ugly Betty. Uh huh. And I did a movie with she, Anthony She's Hopkins the one on the right, right? <laughs> uh, the World's Fastest Indian and Total Drag with Anthony Hopkins. And uh, so a lot of times they don't know, I can do anything, but they don't know exactly what to do with me. Like I can, if you give me something, I can do it. But if they want that, if they're like, for instance, I would never get on Curb. There's no way I would even get on Curb if, they, if I auditioned for it now. Because it's all stunt casting now. It's all like actual, you know, people Vince Vaughn I mean big yeah, right. names big names love doing yeah. curb and that kind of stuff right so I you know I wouldn't even get close to um, it- I was just on the cusp between um create you know Grossface Killer and those guys if they were fans of curb maybe they would have gone on it but I just I just got in on, under the under the gun is yeah, I mean, chance? one of the things we sorry, one, yeah, one of the things we like like to talk about as a recurring idea is like comparing the actors who play themselves versus those who play characters, and that's like right. a bar that increasingly rises as the series goes on, where it's like anyone like approaching even like you know any there's no way an A list actor is coming on season one or two of Curb and just like saying like oh I'm gonna be like Larry's neighbor like no they're playing themselves. But by right. like by the very end, to your point, like you have people like Vince Vaughn and other household names that are just like, yeah, I'll go on Curb and just like play whoever they want. Exactly, exactly. So I'm lucky I got in right right under the gun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we talked right about sort the of the, the 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 most famous people to as as I've said played themselves on Curb, and it's really it's not until like the end of. Um, what what is it? Season five is is when he uh, when he's in heaven and Dustin Hoffman is one of his uh, angels, right? And Sasha yeah. Baron Cohen, who was and Sasha Bar- well, Sasha Baron Cohen wasn't that time. big at that point. Well, I think that big. was after Borat had already been in theaters. Was it? Um, I mean, it had been on it had been on HBO Borat. Yeah, I forget. Oh, but, okay. um, it might, it might yeah. have been in that in between. But she had yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dustin you, Hoffman, had, you had people who we loved, like Bob Odenkirk or whatever. But they, I don't know if they were or, you know, or Ed Asner even. But you know, he was mostly a, a sitcom guy. Um, and my yes. friend Maz Brani was on it. Maz Brani, yeah. big, he's a yeah. huge comedian. He's, yeah, big comedian. And, yeah, but and at the Betty time who was... played the the Palestinian chicken. She, she was a, in my acting class. She was a good friend of mine too. Yeah. yeah we well, spoiler show. alert: we're only through season six on the podcast, but yeah, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's coming. That's season eight, I think. Right? No, is um, it though? I think it was yeah, before, no, it was before that. Yeah, Palestinian chicken season. Yeah, eight point three. I see. Yeah. Is it yeah. really? Because season, oh, wow. season seven is the whole uh, Seinfeld, Seinfeld plot thing. line. Yeah. Uh, okay. That, yeah. That's Maz was on that one. Not Maz was on that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Season seven. All right. So let's uh, so let's jump into our bracket here. Um, and yeah. the way the way we did it, the seating is just. Um... I don't know if we've introduced what we what we're doing. Oh, sorry. We... Okay. Yeah. Oh, we haven't at all. Okay. So well, no, we, we, we spoke about it before we got on oh, before okay. we started recording. <laughs> I don't know if the audience uh, knows what. Okay. We're doing. So ah, tell us what we're doing here. 
So we, uh, you know, in honor of having Chris here, who was uh, one of the ultimate come with guys, not only because he has come twice on our podcast now, but because he plays one of the most memorable uh, single or, or double appearing characters in the history of Curb. So what we have done is we have a recurring theme on this podcast, as any good listener of this podcast knows, called the come with guy. And what we are going to do today is have a come with guy bracket in the honor of the uh, recently passing March Madness season. And we have chosen 16 of what we consider to be the best come with guys that have appeared on the show to this point. And um, we've excluded a couple very large names like Larry David, uh, Jeff and Susie Green, a couple others who are on a lot of episodes. And we've limited it to those who appeared only a yeah, couple not, of times. Not people who are primary characters, but people who That's are right. really they, they pop in. They're come yeah, with guys. They so, dominate yeah. for a short period. Right. So I don't think we've limited the it to waiters like, oh, award, as they call it in that. On the, correct. On the exactly right. Yeah. It's, it's really it really is that to an extent, um, you know, someone who showed up for one, maybe two episodes and just kind of stole the show. And we've we've selected the 16 best in basically on, in our sole discretion of who we think is yeah. the best. And I'm sure we miss people. And you can tell us, you know, we, we forgot this person, this person totally valid. Yeah. Uh, and if you're and if you are one of the people that we uh, that we skipped, then what I would suggest is that come you on the podcast email us and come on the podcast <laughs> and we'll do another bracket with you in it. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm here. Vivica, I'm, 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 so, I'm sorry we didn't rank Loretta. We thought she was too much of a primary character, but come on the podcast and tell us why we're wrong. Yeah, we'll 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 redo the whole bracket. Yeah. No problem. As I said, anything is possible, right? Anything um, is possible, yeah, yeah. On this podcast. <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, okay. So, um, so, so yeah. So, I just want to first so I, just in, sure. Yeah, so, I just wanting... seated these sixteen just sequentially um, when they uh, from the, rep, the you know the episode that they were the uh, the the uh, come with guy from. Uh, so it's just sort of chronologically. There's there's no thumb on the scale with with seedings or anything like that. Oh, you didn't search the internet for an, an average all the rankings yeah. of all the different characters. <laughs> yeah. You know that's what you usually do with stuff like I this. Know. Yeah, it's shocking. I know. Okay, so um, we're just going in chronological order. So the first yeah. two to appear will be the one seed and the two seed essentially. No, no. Oh, well, no. It'll be the one seed and the sixteen seed. So the most recent, right, 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 yeah. right, right. Uh, yeah, the most okay, recent yeah, and then okay. the well, oldest. Yeah. So the seedings don't really mean anything. You know, it's funny. Like, yeah, Chris, you were talking before about like you know the various things that have come out of the show. If this show was on on like on like you know a network sitcom in or curb in 1978 and then you come on with crazy eyes obviously that would never happen because it can uh there's a reason it's on hbo but like you would have had your own sitcom in like 1979 you know on like tuesday nights or whatever because you know it, it, was su- it was such like a massive character um you know i talked about on the crazy eyes episode and also i mentioned when you when you came on with tim like it was the episode for me and a lot of other people i know because they've told me like anecdotally it was the episode that got us into Curb because we hadn't seen Curb for three and a half seasons. And we had friends say, you have to watch this Crazy Eyes Kill episode like that, that was just on this week. And, it, and then we watch an episode and then it sucks us into the whole show. So um, that's really hopefully what uh, most of these 16 today did. Um, all right. So we're going to start right uh, with the, uh, the, the one seed, which is from season one, episode three, is uh, the, the aforementioned Bob Odenkirk, who played Porno Gill. Uh, let's uh, remind ourselves of a little bit of Porno Gill. You guys can hear, I was right? doing a scene and... Uh... Yeah, we can hear. Do girl scene, right? You mind if I? You don't mind? I mean, these guys have heard half these stories. You guys are all right. So I'm doing this scene. It's supposed to be two girls, and I keep waiting for the other. We keep waiting for the other girl to show up, and I'm fucking this girl for three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Pounding, pounding for hours. As one does. Hours and hours, and then all of a sudden, after a couple hours, it feels like some chick's teabagging me. Right? right? Yeah, right. you should fill right. her in on teabagging, huh? I'm sure she. Um, Maybe you do. Maybe you not. Know what teabagging is? When a woman's. In 2021, we all know. Or a man. But, um, 
So I feel that, and I think that other girl's shown up. And then I feel her fingers on my balls, and I'm not even looking. I'm just so, I'm half asleep. But I turn around, it's not the girl. It is the biggest crew guy we got is playing with my balls. Maybe it was delicious. It starts going down, you know? And I haven't even shot yet. And, and, and I go, I'm going down, I'm going down. And this guy goes, I'll take care of it. He runs over to the craft service table. He comes back. His finger is red. Sticks it up my ass. Tabasco sauce. I stayed hard for another two hours because all the blood just goes. All right, so Chris, let me ask you, based on your experience on the show, how much of that uh, scene is Larry's told, or the show told Bob Odenkirk, hit this mark, this mark, this mark, and how much is that just Bob Odenkirk uh, having a good old time? I thought you were going to ask him, based on his experience, what he knows about this Tabasco sauce. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does it really work? <laughs> I'm a big habanero fan. Um, I think that was, that's, all, that's all Bob. That's, mm. all, that's all him. I mean... As I said, you get you get points in plot points that you have to hit, but that is not a, that is not anything. <laughs> That's not the plot. Uh, and may, maybe maybe he got something in there, but most of that 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 ninety percent of that has to be him. Yeah, he was probably told like tell a story about your days in porn or something like that. Right, right, and 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 may, yeah, who knows what what was uh, what was up? Yeah, um, um, just an incredible performance. By, uh, and in, in episode three, so when, when Bob Odenkirk films that, it's not like anybody knows what Curb is or is going to become. Right. And yeah, he really right. gets that out of the park. All right, so he is going against the 16th seed um, from an episode that we just saw a couple of weeks ago. It is, if I can click my different tab here, it is Steve Coogan, who plays Dr. Bright, Larry's uh, shrink, who gave him some, some good advice and then some very bad advice. And uh, this is where Larry confronts him about the bad advice and uh, coerces him to... Uh, get involved with one of uh, Larry's shenanigans. You ruined my life. You ruined my life, okay? Okay. Give her an ultimatum? Whoa, What the fuck was that? I was this close. Larry, you're- This close. You're angry. She's gone. It's a setback. It's a setback. I told you she wasn't bothered by the high pussy percentage, but you didn't listen to me. We ran out of time. I had to see someone else who's- Suicidal. You know what we're gonna do now? We're gonna go to our house, well, and you're gonna well, tell her that the whole hey, thing was well, your well, idea. Okay, we'll have a session. Let's no, have a session. No, this I is... don't want to have a session. You're gonna tell her that you told me to give her that stupid ultimatum. Mary. Sorry for popping in on you like this. Um, Hello, I'm Dr. Bright. This is my therapist. Hi, can I'm we, Cheryl. Can we come in and talk to you for just a few minutes? Mary. Huh? It won't take long. I guess so. Come on in. Cheryl's looking excellent in this episode, by the yeah. way. And her, her I was face acting. Say. Yeah, her face acting there is so good. Of just, yeah. like, oh. just resignation of like, yeah. okay, I guess I have to deal with Larry David more. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this is. These places are expensive on the water, aren't they? Uh, my you have four hundred million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I should do something nice for myself, sort of a love me gift. And I decided, you know what? I've always wanted to live on the beach. I can do it now, so... Very good advice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you think so? <laughs> I don't remember you telling me to get any Love Me gifts. We were, going, we were moving on to that at some point. Oh, really? We would have arrived at <laughs> oh, that. Interesting. Yeah. So, what do you guys need to tell me? 
Go ahead, Bright. Okay. <laughs> I gave Larry some right. flawed advice. I told Larry to give you an ultimatum. He told me to say that. You told him to say that. I, I, yeah, because I didn't, because the picture that was painted of you was not the person I'm seeing. Well, you know, not, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, the you. What, is, what does that mean? It, I think, I don't know. I just had a, it means nothing. What did you think? I don't, I thought maybe you were the kind of person who would like an ultimatum. <laughs> And you're not. What clearly. picture are you painting of me? Uh, just a, a loving, a loving portrayal. Exactly. It was. It was a deeply loving portrayal. But no, but but. Well, what have I been saying about her? I don't, you huh? didn't. Well, you didn't describe her like physically, which I, I. So I didn't know what she looked like, and that's why I'm just saying. Whoa, you know, I'm just impressed. Why would it matter what somebody looks because like physically? It, it, if, well, because, what kind of advice you get? You know, you get the like face that? you deserve, right? <laughs> That the face tells the story. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, the point is, you, you, you get an idea of the person who I, I've been listening to here, huh? Is, yeah. is it coming through to you? Yeah. So you told Larry to give me an ultimatum. Fine. Okay. Now I know that. So. And I, okay. I just say he's to blame for the. Ninety percent to blame for everything. Ninety? I think a hundred percent. Hundred percent to blame. Well, I'm, I'm not taking the lion's share. I'm just. Saying no, take more. Than all right. Um, yeah. It's it's a, it's a long <laughs> scene. It's very good. And honestly, I think that. You know, he has more scenes, obviously, in the episode than Porno Gill has. This isn't even his best scene, necessarily. Maybe I uh, made a bad choice with the clip. Um, when, you, when I searched on YouTube, it was the easiest one to find. I forget. But, I mean, the, the, the lengths he goes to in this episode with Larry to, uh, you know, he ends up in prison and, and his life is totally ruined. Uh, quite dramatic. But um, uh, both great performances, both great characters. Uh, Chris, why don't you go first? Why don't you tell us uh, which one of these uh, come with guys should advance to the next round? I, I got to I gotta go with Porno. Porno, he was just, that's. That's really good stuff. Yeah. No, that scene I mean, I love Steve is, is the most amazing that, scene. Yeah. That's, a, that's incredible. That's, that's pretty. That's up there. All right, Off, what, what are you going to say? Yeah, I mean, like you, what you said is correct. And it's like the, I think, it, you know, in some ways, like the totality of the performances, um, Steve, uh, Dr. Bright, Steve Kogan may, may eclipse Bob Odenkirk. Um, it's definitely close. Um, but, you know, Ba- certainly based on what was shared on this episode, Bob Odenkirk has wiped the floor. Yeah. Um, hey, look, yeah it's a little Gonzaga unfair. Was, but Gonzaga hey, listen, was undefeated. Yep. It's one and done. Gonzaga yep. was undefeated all the way to the end. Doesn't matter what jab that last That's game, right. You win. This, is, this, is done, so. this is what Steve Coogan, Coogan showed up to for the bracket. So, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for Bob Odenkirk as well. Um, you know, I think it's pretty close either way if, if we did like the Hall character. Uh, but certainly mm-hmm. uh, that episode, that, uh, that clip is just like such a standout. Yeah. No, the, the clip certainly, uh, I think, doomed uh, Dr. Bright's chances. Um, I, yeah, I think, I think overall the character is just incredible what he goes through in that, in that whole episode. And, I mean, you know, he literally is a come-with guy. In the, the yeah, way I mean, that we, uh, it. we talked about last week that the robbery scene itself where he, you yeah. know, gets arrested and then yeah. resists really the physical comedy escapes. in the background. He's got no words <laughs> yeah, in the scene. He's in the background. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, it's really, it's really a, an incredible character. Um, but also I think porno Gill, like, because it's so early in the show now, I didn't see it live. Cause I got brought in by crazy eyes two and a half years later, uh, or more than that in real time. I think when you, but then when you do go watch from, from the beginning, from episode one, then it's, and also he gets the name of the episode sort of like crazy eyes. I think this, he really like jumps out at you and like, Oh, this is a very different show than Seinfeld, right? Like, you know, this is Larry David yeah. and, and there's a little bit of George Costanza you see, but like, this is going to be a very, very different show. And, um, yeah, and so Porno Gill is a very legendary in that sense. All right, he is going to go up. Uh, he's going to advance. The next matchup is, I guess, our 8-9 matchup. And so, the and again, purely chronologically, uh, from season three, episode 10, the grand opening is a, uh, a, a legendary uh, fucking asshole by Curb Standards. So uh, that is Andy Portico. 
I brought you your lunch. Excuse me. It's uh, spaghetti with marinara sauce and some cheese. Okay, you fucking idiot. You fucking moron. How am I supposed to eat that, huh? Am I supposed to suck it up my ass? <laughs> Didn't I ask you to get me a protein shake or something I could eat you know, with, like through a straw? So listen, I'm fucking hungry, so order me something. I don't care what it is. Give me something I can fucking eat. I'll order something else. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, fucking idiot. It's not... Um, I love how I love how Larry switches there. Like his yeah. face while he's while he's blasting her is like, oh my god, this guy yeah. is crazy. And then as soon as she leaves, he's like, fucking idiot, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. And you know, sort of like uh, Chris, how you talked about coming in the room and just you know throwing a hundred mile heaters right away. That you know, the Andy Portico character uh, in this in this episode, which is Paul Wilson, he just he comes in and immediately just is fly. I mean, we, we saw a little bit of him before. Obviously, uh, you know, we see him playing dodgeball and and how he gets injured and everything. But this episode, he just takes it up so quickly and so dramatically. It's Ooh. it's really incredible. Um, so good. Yeah, and now he's yeah. going. It's it's a little bit opposite uh, the previous matchup uh, where the the, the first. Oh, actually, it's sort of the similar. Where the, the first one in the matchup is somebody who uh, comes in really hot, and the other one is a person who we see multiple scenes of and, and really uh, yeah, is like a is a nice simmer. So this is uh, Monina, uh, the hooker who you, you previously mentioned, Kim Whitley. Um, she's got a whole bunch of you know. By the end of the episode, she'll be smoking weed with Nat David. But this is our introduction uh, to Monina on Curb. Hey, Daddy, you want a date with Mama? Get in the car. By the way, I take back what I said. Her first 10 seconds is like, here I am. Yeah. yeah. So hey, Daddy, do you want a date with Mama? What you, what you into today? A little lollipop love? A little digging for diamonds? See, actually, I'm not really interested in any sex per se. Per se. Do you want them freaky motherfuckers? Per se. To tell you the truth, what I'd really like to do is I want to go to Dodger Stadium and uh, I want to go to the game and I'll pay you for your time. Maybe, what, five hours it'll be. You just want me to sit in the car? Just sit in the car. That's all you have to do. Oh, you a crazy son of a bitch. All right. A thousand dollars. thousand dollars? What, are you kidding me? That's uh, the... $200 an hour? Exactly. I can get four blowjobs. An hour. Four blowjobs in an oh, hour? Oh, yes, I'm good, okay? Hey, I drove a cab. I used to drive around for two hours. I couldn't get a fare. You're telling me you're getting four blowjobs in an hour? Uh, yes, honey. You done picked up the best. Honey, I got a red snapper that talks to you. you know what I don't saying? know if Larry David was offering <laughs> blowjobs. Way too problem. much. <laughs> <laughs> um... All right, I think we discussed. I mean, I never remember we discussed this the first time we saw the episode, but maybe we'll get Chris's input here. Chris, I think Lollipop Love, we can figure out what that is uh, with a you know, high probability of action. <laughs> what do you think Digging for Diamonds is? That's, that's a good question. What is Digging for Diamonds? Yeah, ask um, him. <laughs> I, will, I will ask him what. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to ask him right now. Yeah, because I'm I think we've now it. established she obviously made that up, right? Now this is. Uh, no, there's no yeah. way Larry David told her I want. <laughs> you got a red snapper that talks to you. Yeah. There is a there's a there's a definition of it on uh, on uh, Urban Dictionary. Although I guess it, it redirects you to pay really? for for diamond mining, which is uh, going down on a girl who has been vajazzled. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. So is that that's what it's supposed right, to be? That, that so she's got jewelry yes. down there. That's all she's saying. Yes. 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 Okay. That's what it is. All right. Digging for diamonds. Exactly. So I guess if he said that's time? not his thing, she'll she'll remove the vajazzle. Yeah, no, you always got to be vajazzled. You never know who you're gonna meet. 
This episode brought to you by <laughs> the jazzlers.com enter promo code pretty, pretty, pretty good to get 20% off your uh, JJ jewelry. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, uh, uh, why don't you go first here? Where are we going between uh, Andy Portico, uh, who was, he was not our come with guy in the episode, but he was our fucking asshole for a long, long, long time. We thought he was the biggest asshole in the show. I mean, he carried that belt for what, like 12 episodes or something yeah, like that? Yeah, no, he's real bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you just got to go Monina here. I mean, Andy Portico was really, really great. Um, you know, obviously he, he learned zero of the five rules of dodgeball and broke his fingers. <laughs> he, um, but, you know, and he's really, really nasty to this woman. And, you know, I, uh, you know, it's enjoyable to, uh, to see that the comedy there, but, you know, Monina, even just in this scene, I think she beats him. And then when you take into account the full totality sure. episode, it's a, it's a route. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When she's smoking weed with Nat, it's amazing. Um, I mean, we have a, a dodgeball champion here on with us, though. So I don't know. Yeah. What, what can you tell us about Andy Portico's strategy and, and how he plays and goes to catch the ball there? Yeah, you know, you, you get you got to keep your hands wide open. You got to keep you wide open. And, yeah, don't uh, lead yeah, with the thumbs. Can't do that. Yeah. Don't never leave, never leave the thumbs. Also, don't be like an overweight well. 60 year old guy competing against a bunch of children in dodgeball. But <laughs> that's weird for other reasons. I guess the weight has nothing to do with it. Don't be a six-year-old guy competing uh, in dodgeball with children. Yeah. It's probably the move there. All right. So um, we have, I guess we'll come back to the next round later. So let's go to our, our next matchup is our four, uh, our fourth uh, character sequentially. And that is uh, Shaquille O'Neal playing himself. And um, uh, Shaq uh, somehow like crazy eyes managed to convince Curb to uh, name the episode after himself as well. So this is from uh, the episode called Shaq. And this is Shaq with Aisha Tyler, who's playing his uh, girlfriend at the time on the show. What do you got, Big A? Peanut butter. Dairy product. No. Peanut butter. No. What do you mean, no? Peanut butter is not a dairy product. It's not dairy. The whole world knows peanut butter is a dairy product. Shaq. What are you talking dairy about? Dairy is from a cow. And peanuts are Pe- not a dairy product. Peanut butter. Ooh. Okay, peanut, but peanuts, peanuts come from the ground or something. Albert, what's up, How baby? Doing, How you doing? Look who I found wandering the halls. Larry David, Shaquille O'Neal. He's got something he wants to say to you. I'm so sorry about the incident. and I, I don't know how that could have happened. I was stretched. I never sat there before. I'm sorry. Is that supposed to help? Sorry? I, I don't even know what to do to make it up to you. I brought you these Seinfeld tapes. Albert told me you were a big... Seinfeld fan. I got you. I, I got you all the tapes of every episode. You have every tape of every show. Mm-hmm. Listen. What? Listen. Oh, categories. Dairy products. Uh-huh. Peanut butter. Peanut butter would be considered a dairy product. Am I correct? Absolutely. Oh, butter. Thank you. There's butter, butter in there. Are you kidding? I... Okay, listen. No. I've got uh, pendant, Porsche, Popeye. Uh, Pago Pago and Provolone. Doc's killing us. I'm gonna go to the can. I'll be right back. Told you, you're smart. What's the score? All right. Well, now he has 26. What do I have? You have 25. What do you got? I have 25. By the way, didn't the doctor mention five items for P? Yeah. Yeah. There's no Pago Pago and Provolone on this list. If you just want to check it out. Oh my God. The doc is cheating his categories. He was obviously making it up as after the time ran out. Why, why would you cheat at categories? A doctor. Why would you? A doctor. You want to play another game? Doc. Yeah. How can you cheat at categories? What are you talking about? What do you mean? You gave us five names. It's only three here. Listen, Doc. 
You know what? I'm sick and tired of you. You're fired. Get out. Albert! I didn't cheat anything. Get this guy out there. You're fired. I won. Get out. Get out. Come on. Come on. I told you. Get his ass out of here. The timer ran out. I didn't hear the timer. You cheated. You cheated. It's a timer. No, it's not the timer. Get get out. I was going to write it down. Don't go to nothing. Go and get your ass out of here. Get out. Get out. Don't you say goodbye? Notice how no one ever says goodbye anymore? Uh, have you noticed? Um, by the way, the move, if you're the doctor here, is like, if you get caught cheating in categories, immediately own up to it and just laugh it off and say, you know, try to make a joke out of it. Don't deny it. That's, that's not yeah, <laughs> Definitely don't lose your doctoring job over categories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so Shaq comes on, obviously, you know, one of the biggest um, celebrities on the show, uh, and certainly in season two, you know, Sha- Shaq probably more famous in the world than anyone else who comes on the show, you know, later the Mel Brooks, Smart Scorsese, Ted Danson, Jerry Seinfeld, Ben Stiller. Like these guys are all extremely famous, but like Sha- Shaq is Shaq every, in every country in the world. Um, and so, uh, you know, just a, a huge, uh, a huge get for the show. And he's very, very funny there. And he's against, uh, he's, he's going up against the character from season five, by the way, just uh, for uh, the officials keeping uh, records at home here. We have two characters from season one, two from season two, four from seasons three and four, and then two from seasons five and six. Uh, not implying anything about seasons. That's just uh, just the way it works out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't see him making any free throws in that mm. clip that we saw there. So, you know, I, I'm going to withhold judgment on how he's going to fare up against Leo, the deli owner. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm at the wrong point in the episode, though. So All right. music is so iconic. The music yeah. is just. Yeah. I, I've said before that like, for me, the like I have this like Pavlovian connection between the HBO static sound and then the next right. thing my brain hears is the Kerr music. There was a while where it was Game of Thrones, but now that that's gone, it's it's always Kerr. And like I've watched so many shows that I love and with like iconic theme songs, Sopranos, The Wire, Silicon Valley. Like there's tons of like theme songs that I know, but it's like Curb is always the one that I hear. Yeah. Do they do the? Does HBO do the sound anymore? I guess not. Huh? What? The, the, do on, I don't know if they do it on HBO Max. That's a good question. Static sound. The static sound? No, they do. Yeah. Well, I, I've, yeah, I've been watching. But but yeah, do they, they do. do it for like HBO Max shows? I'm not sure if they if they do. Yeah, you're saying I'm seeing it when I'm watching an episode of Curb or whatever. So right. Yeah, they're not gonna go in and like change yeah. that. Um, I think so because I just saw a show, uh, Beforeners, and that show yeah. had like a different version because it was like HBO Europe. Right. But they, they still the static. Yeah, they had the static, but it was a little bit different. All right. Um, all right. I'm going to look while, while, we're, while we're going. I'm going to okay. see if, like, flight attendant has it. You stole my you sandwich? Don't. Is that what you did? What the hell are you talking about? What am I talking about? What are you talking about? You stole my sandwich. What the fuck does that mean? What? Look. Look at the board. Are you blaming me? I saw you talking to him outside oh, the temple. Oh, you're out of your fucking mind. You don't think I you're saw you talking it. to him outside the temple? I always talk to people oh, outside. Yeah. It's yeah. Russia's show. It took me I talked to Del Vio. Yeah. I talked to, talk to Paul. Yeah, yeah. Leo, can I please have a sandwich, oh, please? Oh, bullshit. You were so jealous that I had a sandwich up there, and you just couldn't take it, could you? You had to get your little sandwich. I got I got a piece of information for you. you might what be is interested. it? I can't wait. What is it? Oh, this is where we were supposed to start. Whoops. <laughs> I'm adopted. Bullshit. Bullshit? Bullshit? No, it's not bullshit. What do you mean you're adopted? I'm adopted. How do you know? My father told me. You don't know who your parents are? I know they're not those nuts. I know that. But I know who yours are. Fuck. Enjoy your whitefish. Enjoy. Letty. Yeah. Letty, you are adopted? Yeah. I adopted too. 
You are my brother. We are the brotherhood of the adopted. Oh! Larry, come on over here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let you have any sandwich you want. Really? Yeah, anyone you want. Take it. Go ahead, take it. Oh, boy. Take it. Well, it's a tough decision. Okay, okay, I wait. I think I'm gonna have to go with that Ted Danson. Ted Danson? Yeah. This yours. Thank you. Hey, the son of a bitch, you don't come in anyway. You got it. <laughs> Thank hey, you. Hey, Dr. Sewell. I want you to meet a friend of mine, Leo. This is Dr. Sewell. Leo. How are you, Dr. Oh, How are you doing? Oh. Oh. Comes to Larry's rescue there. Because Larry, I uh, thought Leo uh, thought the doctor was a little too shaky to be operating on his father. Um, all right. So, yeah. So we have Shaq going up against Leo, the deli owner. Um, I'll go first here. Uh, Leo. Yeah. I, li- I like how he goes right in for the hug, by the way. Uh, Crazy Eyes, you said that uh, when Crazy Eyes tries it, uh, you said, Chris, that um, Larry's uh, not necessarily much for a hugger. But um, yeah, Leo just grabs him. I guess that's part of the character that he's uh, very physical and, and hurting people all the time. Uh, Shaq, uh, can he hurt Leo here? Uh, I will say I'm going to vote for for Shaq again. Just part of it is also like when it when it came on the show, it was like such a like a big deal. Um, I think again, I, I saw it in later, but I'm like, when you see it, you're like, how did I miss a show? Like how like I loved Seinfeld. Uh, how did I miss a show that was so big in season two that it was getting Shaq on the show? Like how did I miss it? It's sort of like my reaction when I saw this since I you know came in a year uh, a couple of years after that. Um, so I'm going to vote for Shaq here, Chris. What about you? I think I'm going Leo. I, I think I'm going to go. I think I'm, because Shaq was, I bet you he was given that peanut butter thing that he didn't come up with himself. Mm. We're just going okay. performance wise for me. Yeah. Uh, I will, I will go. Leo played by Edel Ross, go, by the way. Yeah. I, I will go. I will go Leo for me. Mm. I'll go so, Leo. Yeah. So from the, you're looking at it from the act perspective, which definitely makes sense. Av, uh, we have our first uh, overtime matchup here. Yeah, I mean, I just love the the peanut butter bit so much. And like, even if it's not that Shaq made it up, it's just like such a funny thing. And like the way he commits to it, and like he like winks at Larry to play along. Um, you know, we just went through a holiday where a bunch of rabbis decided that peanut butter is bread. So <laughs> peanut butter could be a dairy product too, like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to vote for Shaq here. Um, you know, I do, I do love Leo, um, you know, gives a strong handshake, you know, names the sandwich after Larry. He's happy to switch it with Ted Danson, he doesn't give a shit, whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the peanut butter thing just like makes me crack up every time. Just like the peanut butter. Yeah, I can't you <laughs> totally see like uh Shaq and, and, and Charles Barkley like getting into that uh, on TNT, like like that whole like, oh, the, yeah. Shaq, the, the peanut butter debate. I, I can see it really happening. So yeah, I definitely like it. Um, all right, so Shaq is gonna advance. He is gonna face in the 5-12 matchup. Uh from five is from season three, episode three, Club Soda and Salt. It's Brad, uh, who is Cheryl's friend, who is acting. So we have like a show within a show, sort of a meta uh, scene we're going to watch here of Brad. Hey, how you doing? I'm Angelo. Antola. Uh, Angelo yeah. Antola. Hi, Brad. Yeah. But he's in character here. Hey, so yeah. you with uh, Tony side or Tina side? Brad, you know, cut, cut the shit, okay? Shit, Brad. I don't Daniel know what the fuck you're talking here. about. I'm on Tina's side, so. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah, me and Tina, we're close. Oh, it's a shame she's going to marry that jerk. Only doing it for the money. She don't love him. She doesn't love him. But me and Tina, that's a different story. We got, we got something special, me and her. Oh, do you? Between the two of us, no one would understand, really. Yeah, well, you're a very complex person. Thank you. We have a better understanding of things than that, than that cocksucker. 
That cocksucker Tony. Yeah, that cocksucker. Yeah, Tony. he's a cocksucker Tony. Yeah, one day me and Tina will end up together, because this will never work. Yeah, you think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Then I'll finally slip her the sausage. Oh, is that right? That's that right. That very formidable sausage of yours. And she will be forever yeah. grateful, my friend. Yeah, it's been yeah, fun yeah. doing this little improv with you. Improv, whatever you want to call it. I'll see you it. later at the restaurant. At the reception, you bet, you bet. I'll swing by, I'll say Yeah, yeah, well, you're good, that's good. Okay, hey, yeah. Hey, that's not you bad. You swing by, you swing by. <laughs> I'll see you later, okay? I'll see you later. Okay. <laughs> you know, we're going through these things, and, like, the, the thing I keep thinking, I'm like, you know who's really funny? Larry David. Yeah. He just, like, yeah, he's, right? like, he's, he's like, a funny. much better actor than you would think. Like, he just, like, plays off the, these, like, big characters so well. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's uh he's very good. This reason we uh we like the show and the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hot take. Larry David's yeah. good. All right, uh, first uh the twelve seed is uh so that was from uh, season three. This is from season four, opening night, the final episode of the season. It is Katie Huffman who was on this podcast herself discussing this this scene and this episode. Uh, and here's uh Katie's final scene on Curb, other than on the stage. <laughs> What's that? What's that? What? What's that? What? What's that? What? Is that Bush? <laughs> 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 you got a picture of Bush in your dressing room? Yeah. <laughs> You're a Republican? Yes, Larry, I'm a Republican. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Av, where are you going here between Brad the actor and Katie Huffman? This is tough because, like, this is another one where it's like the totality of the character versus the scene we saw. I mean, yeah. I think and Katie's like, in all all season. Obviously, she comes and goes yeah. a few times. Um, so yes, yeah, so obviously, I, I think the uh, the Brad scene is funnier. But here's I'm gonna go the other direction here and say just like Katie was just like awesome throughout the whole season. Um, obviously, she gets lots of bonus points for coming on our podcast. Yeah, uh, Josh Temple did not do so. Mm. So um, at least for the first round, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that and I'm gonna vote for Katie here. All right, that's fair. Um, yeah, if we were doing like uh, the uh, best come with guy or Gail on this podcast, uh, Katie would definitely advance, a- as oh, we do, Chris, of course. Yeah. She's very high. She's for yeah. sure in the top five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, but I'm, I'm going to vote for Brad here, and I'll, I'll let Chris be our deciding vote this time. Um, I mean, just the scene, the proverbial sausage, that whole thing is amazing. And again, he's like, he's playing an actor with an actor because it's sort of a live theater where they sort of walk around. But then also, you know, is he talking to, to Larry, talking about Cheryl? And so, yeah, it's uh, very well done. Uh, I, I really like that scene and I really like the, ho- the whole episode. There's this like ongoing threat, especially when we look back, knowing what happens to the Larry and Cheryl relationship later. There's all these threats coming. It's a, is it, you know, Ted Danson or is it Brad, all these uh, various friends and Larry's always feeling threatened. And uh, maybe there's a reason he should have felt threatened and maybe he should have been less of an asshole to Cheryl. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm voting for Brad here. What about you, Chris? Oh, so that's a tough one. Huh? I like the, Bra- I was initially going to go to Brad, but I think I'm going to go Katie. She gave I, Larry I his best chance to, uh, you know, uh, cash yeah. on his on his. And, on I, his and gift. I, what I like the fact that what I, what I like the fact is that she's, you you. I mean, this is just so I'm coming bringing it from the the performer's perspective, um, but she doesn't is not dissuaded by him at all, knowing that he's he's not going to like that. 
she just keeps on going. She just keeps on going. And she's like, yeah, so what? You know, yeah. I think so. I'm going to go with her. No, yeah. Katie. It, it, it's it is funny because like and obviously you know george bush his uh reputation really was burnished by uh you know the next guy being from being so much worse uh uh the next guy from his obama party. we're talking about yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. um but like it, it would it, it's i mean i hate to say this but like i feel like in like the like the maga world like it's probably not uncommon for people to like have pictures of him up next to where they're, you know, trying to get it on as disturbing as that may be. Um, But yeah, but it was so absurd for Katie Huffman to have that even, you know, when people really like George Bush, you know, he won election twice, which uh, Trump didn't do, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very funny. Um, So that brings two people who played themselves meeting up in the second round. Now it's Shaq against Katie Huffman. Uh, Yeah. And let's do these two matchups before I go to the other side. So uh, Shaq and Katie Huffman, people are always comparing them to each other. You know, they're such similar people in all ways, Um, especially, (laughs) you know, physically you you can barely tell them apart. Uh, Av, uh, who's the better come with guy on Kirby enthusiasm? Is it it Shaquille O'Neal or Katie Huffman? That's got to be Katie Huffman, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, Shaq has the one scene. Katie Huffman has like eight really good scenes. Um, she went on a podcast about Kirby Enthusiasm yeah. that obviously <laughs> has ingratiated her to the <laughs> fandom very strongly. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to go Kirby. You got to go Katie Huffman, even if she is a Republican. Now, to be fair, we did have a Shaq impersonator on the Shaq episode. Right, that's true. And uh, and, and we pretended. Uh, we, have we have we, we acknowledged yeah, this point was, that wasn't really? Shaq? I was about to say, yeah, we 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 played it straight. This is the first time that we're letting listeners know. Listeners, hold on to your hats. That was not actually the real Shaquille O'Neal. I actually oh, didn't know shot. that either. Chester told me that. Yeah. that oh really yeah, <laughs> we weren't on video that episode, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, our guest Zach uh, Muhammad is slightly smaller than Shaquille O'Neal. I think. Yeah, Zach um, so, Muhammad's a great cub with guy. Yeah, but if, if it was on video, we, yeah, everyone would have known he wasn't Shaq. But yeah, it's an audio podcast only. And so, yeah, he did a very good Shaq impression. And until this moment, I didn't know that it wasn't actually Shaq. But uh, you vote for Katie Huffman. Chris, what about you? I'll go Katie as well. Mm. All right, so Katie advances, knocks Shaq out. Uh, you know, uh, very, very unusual for a bracket, a basketball-style tournament for uh, Katie Huffman to beat Shaquille O'Neal. But, you know... Uh, anything can happen on any day. UCLA almost beat uh, Gonzaga, and God damn it. But anyway, all right, so let's uh, – Chester, Chester yeah. almost won $32,000 if yeah. uh, if UCLA oh. had won that game. He had uh, he was in a survivor oh, pool. you're kidding me. Yeah. Lost oh, on a half-court shot awful. in overtime. Um, oh, my right. God, that's the worst. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it was unfortunate. Uh, very, very close. All right. Um, so we have Porno Gill going up against Monina uh, for the opportunity to face Katie. Uh, Ab, who are you going to vote for between Porno Gill and Monina? Uh, Porno Gill is nice, but you know, Monina is, is an all time great. So, uh, yeah, you got to go Monina here. Yeah. Sorry that, to say, Bob. Nat says at the end of the episode, oh my God, she's a hooker <laughs> when he can see. We're <laughs> <laughs> really uh, grimacing. Where, where, where's the old white guy going to go with this one? Um, all right, Chris, what about you? I'm going Monina as well. Yeah. All right, Even though I love the Porno I love the Porno Gill. Yeah. Uh, I got I to go with my girl. All right, so we have Monina and Katie Huffman in the final four. We'll come back to that. Let's go to the other side of the bracket. Uh, we'll start with the two fifteen matchup. So uh, two is uh, from from the um, from the season finale in season one, the group, and it's Lucy Montone played by Melanie Smith, and she is a friend of Larry's um, from back in the day. Apparently, but more than a friend, they dated uh, back when they lived in New York, and she's about to run into Cheryl and Larry, who she hasn't seen in uh, quite some time. Um, well, I don't think she's ever seen Cheryl, but she hasn't seen Larry in quite some time. And now uh, they, I think this is the scene actually where later on in the episode, they are at lunch um, and she tells Larry why she's back in Larry's life, what favor she needs from Larry. Anyway, what's, uh, what's, what's going on? I'm very curious as to why you invited me to well, lunch. Well, 
Okay, remember when we were dating? And I told you about my stepfather and what happened to yep. my stepdad, yeah. Yep. And did not breathe the word of it to anyone. Good. Because you're the only person I ever told about that. But I kind of feel like what happened, I feel like it's really starting to affect my life a lot now. Mm. And there's something called an incest survivor group. So I don't I don't want to go alone. And I was thinking maybe could, you want? Could you go with me? Do, I, do, do you want me to like spell it out? Can you go with me, Larry? Please. You want me to go to the incest group with you? Yeah. What, what would I? What would I do there? You just be there with. You just be there with me. And there's, there's nobody else you feel comfortable going with. Larry, there's nobody else who knows about what happened except for you know my stepdad. I'm certainly not going to pretend. Are you sure that you qualify for the stepfather? Is that considered incest? <laughs> With all due respect to your to your ordeal, but Larry, I, I was just wondering. Okay. I was just well, wondering okay, if, it's, okay. if they consider okay. that incest. So that's yeah, just the I guess it's a legitimate question, but that, the answer is yes. They consider that incest. And when it's when is it? If you don't want to go, no, I'm not going to make it. I'll go now. I'll go. I'll go. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. If you're comfortable with it, I want you to be comfortable. Yeah. No. I'm. You know. Comfortable. You know. Okay. So. All right. So, yeah. And then later on, when they go to the actual meeting with the group, we'll learn that step counts. Uh, so that's uh, Lucy Montone. And she is going up against season uh, six, episode five. John McEnroe uh, against someone playing themselves. This is from the Freak Book. And this is uh, Larry as the driver driving John McEnroe. How you doing, Mr. McEnroe? It's good. Good. Thanks. Let old Charlie know whatever you need. Charlie's your guy. All right, Charlie. Charlie Thanks. is your man. Don't be shy. Charlie, yes. listen, a little, little tired right now, okay? Thanks. Hey, let me ask you something. Were you shy as a child? Were you shy? Yeah, yeah, I was, actually. Like, I was shy when I was a kid. People always saying, don't be shy. Well, I'm sure, what do you mean, don't be shy? What do you, you think you have control of being shy? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I do. You ever play ping pong? Ping pong's my game. And I'll tell you something. I think it's a lot harder than tennis, with all due respect. <laughs> I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with that, Charlie. <laughs> what do you do for fun? How do you, how do you have fun? How does a John McEnroe uh, have fun? I like to be quiet now, believe it or not. You watch a lot of TV? A lot of sports. You have allergies? No allergies. Do you I believe in allergies. God? A God of oh, some God. kind? Yeah, I believe in a God. And I'm wondering where he is right now. You like life? Yeah, I like life. Do you garden? I don't garden, okay? <laughs> if you talk to people who garden, they'll all tell you the same thing. They find it very relaxing and meditative. And it looks like it. I admit it. I'm jealous of the gardener. Have you ever been jealous of a gardener? No, I haven't, actually. Are you married? Yeah, I'm married. I have sex once a week. How, how, how about you? Uh, yeah. Is that too personal? Yeah, that's too personal. Well, what's okay? the big deal? What's yeah. the big deal? We talk about that. I don't understand it. I have sex once a week, good week twice, but I can go more than more hey, once a week really without having it. That's really interesting, okay, Charlie? Oh my God! Hey, I need to make a stop for two minutes. Would that be okay at this at this cemetery? In the cemetery? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right here. I can't believe it. I just need to make a stop just for a couple of minutes. All right, whatever. Oh, thank whatever. you so much. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, You're yeah, a good yeah. man. Uh, you are a good man. Hmm. Chris, have you ever been jealous of a gardener? That's I am a gardener. Did you ask him about that? <laughs> All right, fine. How, how often do you have sex with your wife? 
Um, yeah, by the way, I love how, you know, you've been talking about like the performance a lot. John McEnroe really gets to be the straight man there because Larry's just, you know, going off with these questions and John McEnroe's acting the way he probably would in that scenario, like trying to be yeah. polite, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> he's an he's an excellent but, straight man there. He plays it perfectly. Oh, yeah. totally good, a great straight man. But also you can see the, even though it's quote unquote acting as himself, yeah. you can see the restraint that he has. Yes. It's really good. I mean, it's re- to be able to play yourself and then have some subtlety in. He's so yeah. annoyed. He, he puts his hand over his face. He's like, "What do I have to do to shut this guy?" And I, you, you know, he's been in that situation before. Yeah, you I mean, he, it, he's so. he's he's doing a great job, just like riffing off, like the in right. a meta way off his like persona. It's like everyone, like even if you're you're not a tennis fan, like the one guy you know is John McEnroe, and, and like, oh yeah, he's the guy who like yells at the referees all the time. That's like <laughs> if you're not a tennis fan, he's like that's the one thing you know. It's like you like he like builds that into this character. Like you see it just like right below the surface. This guy is like ready to explode at this annoying limo driver, and he's working so hard to contain himself. Yeah. But you know what it does remind me uh, when when you're like that level of fame and people are doing this to you all the time, you 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 have to be nice 100 percent of the time because you can be nice 99.9 percent of the time. And then, you you know, you're an asshole once and then that person runs and like, you know, tells a blog about it or tweets like about DMZ it or whatever. or whatever. Yeah. And now, like, you know, now. Yeah. Now you're like the headline for the next 15 minutes for like the wrong reasons. Um but he's yeah, already so, he's established himself as an angry. I guess guy, you're so right. He yeah, actually... he, maybe he can get away with it. Sort of like Larry can act like you know, or or like you know, Susie says like on the street when people meet her that all they want them to do is you know insult them and curse them, or yeah. you know, you you were saying when people uh you know want um when they when they on uh, cameo, you know, ask, yeah, on cameo, asked me yeah. To, to swear at them, curse yeah, out so, their father, exactly. right? Yeah, I guess I guess there's some upsides there to establishing that as the personality. Um, all right, so Chris, who are you voting for between Lucy Montone and John McEnroe? I'm, I love Lucy, but I'm going McEnroe. I thought that was a nice, subtle performance. It wasn't overly overdone. Yeah, it was. Uh, I liked it. I liked. I liked. He, he's on a slow simmer. By the end of the episode, he's laughing uproariously at the freak book, and he's freaking out and screaming at people and shoot, kicking mourners out of his car. So yeah, he definitely steps yeah. it up. Well, he um, puts up with a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> beyond yeah. Uh, what you'd expect. Ah, what yeah, about I mean, you? I, Where's your vote? Yeah, I gotta go back and row as yeah, well. I mean, yeah, happen. you know, we did we 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 uh we lauded his uh his playing the uh the straight man and you know he's he's down for the freak book. He's like, Yeah, sure, I guess these random people can come in my limo. Uh he puts up with Larry's shenanigans, and you know, as we'll later learn from Larry, Lucy Montone, you know, when he was in she was in his fantasies, she <laughs> wouldn't even do the lesbian scenes, she had a bad attitude, she was a total prima donna. <laughs> I mean, you gotta do the lesbian scenes, it's a fantasy. Let's like yeah. do whatever the guy wants. It's his fantasy. Yeah. You don't have to re- it's not really you. <laughs> not so great. yeah, she's yeah. out. Um, I did have a dream actually a couple uh, uh, like maybe four or five nights ago that, that involved some uh, some some racy scenes and like the performance did not go as I was expecting and I remember like being aware enough I was dreaming to be like what the hell is going on here this is supposed to be happening like in a dream like you know <laughs> Like this so, is my fantasy. What are we yeah, doing like, here? Yeah, we can't even get them to do what I want. Yeah. And I woke up and I was in such a pissy mood. And Jen's like, "What's wrong?" And I like explained it to her that she thought I was a crazy person. But you know. Oh wow! I would not explain that to my wife at that moment. No, I told her no, because no, she, she she was in the dream and like she was the one who caused the, uh, the, the interruption. So. Uh, yeah, I should have told her I respect her too much. She shouldn't have been there in the first place, as Larry tells her. Yeah, well, she was trying to intervene. It was one of those like <laughs> things where, you know, like in a video game where like it won't let you beat the board. So it's like oh, okay. she, the fact that she was even there, she's like, she's not going to let you complete. Uh, you act. know what? I've gone far left down this road. I'm just going to tell the whole dream. So th- in, in this dream, my, my wife had said to me that she had 
uh, these two girls and I were going to have a threesome for some purpose, like for some. Oh, is that a foursome? No. And Jen oh, was she's not watch. involved. She's just a, she was not she's involved. Just a she's just arranged for a threesome. <laughs> yeah. she is she's eating snacks. <laughs> and she was going to watch. And while she was watching, she was making sarcastic comments and like caustic commentary the whole time, like uh-huh. a John McEnroe would during a tennis match. And it was throwing me off my game. And like it was pissing off the other girls because she was like making fun of everybody. And, and I was like, why did you do that? And so I woke up mad at her. And she's like, why are you mad at me? And I said, well, you were really annoying in my dream. And she said, what did you do? And then I told her, and yeah, maybe not the best move. I don't know. Yeah. Humongous cock blocker that Dr. Jen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was the dream I had a few nights ago. If you guys have any dreams you'd like to share, certainly you can go ahead. All right. So our next yeah. matchup. We're going we're gonna to explore this though in a, in a future episode this uh this uh insecurity you have about your wife uh setting you up with a threesome and then <laughs> remaining there to sabotage it yeah is that an insecurity i guess i don't know yeah um i don't know i think i feel like this goes deeper we're gonna give this some yeah. thought. all right so we um all right so our next matchup is going to be uh crazy eyes killer himself uh, uh was seventh uh he comes on season three episode eight and he goes up against wandering bear played by russell means from season four episode eight so first uh this is the first scene where larry meets crazy eyes I vote for crazy eyes. <laughs> What's cracking, Blake? How are you? I'm all right. I'm yeah? all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm chilling. What's up? Chilling. What's up, baby? Just chilling. Hey, you a writer, right? Yeah. I'm, I wrote some shit this morning. I wrote some shit. You know, I write my own lyrics and yeah, shit. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You want to help me out with it? I've never written rap. It's all right. Stuff, but... no, I'm going to see what you got. Okay, go I'm ahead. see what you got, all right? Mm-hmm. Check this shit out. It's called I'm Coming to Get You. I'm coming right? to get you. Okay. Right. So you think you're going to cross me and mess with my shit? Opening your fucking trap and flapping your lip? Don't fuck with me, nigga. You're going to get dropped. I'll snap off your neck with a crackle and pop. Oh, I like the Rice Krispies thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, crackle and pop, Yeah, 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 yeah. If you say anything, you'll beg me to die because I'll make you suck my dick, then I'll nut in your eye. I'll stomp on your world as if my name was Godzilla. I'm coming for you, motherfucker. I'm your crazy eyes killer. You know? And I'm going to be like this in the, in the video, like... You know what I mean? I like it. I got one tiny little comment. What? 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 I would lose the motherfucker at the end. Because you already said fuck once. You don't need two fucks. You already got the one fuck. I would change the motherfucker to bitch. Because the bitch... bitch. Yes, because bitch is, is a word that you would use to somebody who... Who you don't re- who you disrespect, right? Isn't that so? That, you my dog. You my nigga. I am. You know what? Yeah. Absolutely. That's right, Blake. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I like that shit. Okay. Yeah. All I right. like you. Right. I like you, motherfucker. Don't hit me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. <laughs> um, you like eating pussy? What a non-sacrifice. You know, it's a... Uh, I'm a little... I like it. I like it. But uh, I'm a little too lazy to do it. Now. It's a whole to-do, you know. It hurts lazy. my neck. Yeah, I'm too lazy. You're too lazy to do it. It hurts my neck. You know, man. I get too lazy. Oh, man, you got to eat the pussy, the cooch. Oh, yeah. shit, yeah. You know what the best pussy is to eat? Asian pussy. Crazy guys, killer. You gotta, you're getting married. But one is, you know, can't do that anymore. No, 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 I have to do that, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? No, I have to eat the pussy. Really? No, I can't live without that shit. You have to eat the yeah, pussy. You have to have all different flavors of pussy. You got, you got Wanda some Thai, You know, you, got you can't do shit. it. Wanda's gonna find out. And... No, Wanda ain't gonna find out shit. It's between you and my nigga, right? She mean yes, you. I'm your nigga. Yes. So how are you gonna find out? Well, she ain't gonna find out, ain't she? Not for me. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's right. She ain't gonna find out. <laughs> She's not gonna right. find out. Huh? Right, right, right. All right, crazy ass killer. I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> I gotta take off. I gotta pick up a script at my friend's house. But All right, pick up a All right, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris, can I ask you, is there any possibility that in 2021, Larry David still thinks that you have a character, like a crazy ass killer who's an actual rapper? <laughs> I've seen him a couple of times since then. It's, yeah. And he's uh, always been really, really cool to me. <laughs> oh, here's, another, here's another thing that was cut out that you, you guys will enjoy. He said, I said, you a writer, right? He said, I said, you on Steinfeld, right? <laughs> like, I, I would not be watching Steinfeld. I said, you on Steinfeld, right? He's like, Steinfeld, yeah, okay. But they, they cut that. I don't know if he didn't like that, but because it's like, like a jab at him, whatever, or just time-wise. I was yeah. like, you on Steinfeld? Because I wouldn't know Steinfeld. Yeah, no, that's very good. Yeah, they should have kept that crazy in. As, yeah. So I said, Stein, you on Steinfeld, right? Yeah, Stein. He's like, isn't that, isn't that what Kramer okay. thinks the name is at one point? Yeah. I'm pretty sure and one of the uh, first times that we at the end one of the first times you know we say goodbye instead of snapping each other I give him we do one of those those uh and I and I do the snap at the end and he's like 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 you know you know people you know black people I guess not at the end yeah so so they, they uh that's an alternate take when they uh they took a snap we were snap and he was like so I snap like so, can, can you, Chris, so you made up those lyrics, right? Yeah. And, and but but then like to the feed scene, into the episode. But but the scene that we're watching, like you guys had you guys run that a few times already. Yeah, we ran. I'm just imagine because like Larry immediately responds to you. He's like, "I like it, I like it," but replace the motherfucker with a bitch, and it's like that, that was the third, that was like the the second or third yeah. time. So we, we did it a couple times. But so but, but, that, but you guys both yeah so you guys both all come up with that over the course of we're just you know out of nowhere recording this a couple times. That's really uh I mean you know you have the rap and then he has to respond with the motherfucker bitch thing and then you have to non sequitur into you know eating pussy. Uh, it, it's really it's because I want I wanted to make scene. sure I wanted to make sure that it fed into the rest of the episode. Yeah. So there was some sort of threat like I'm like all those things I'm not you know I'm I'm a uh, yeah. stop on your world like all that kind of stuff and that he doesn't know that's going to apply to him later yeah so oh, you're Larry's night for mares for sure yeah <laughs> right so, so i was trying to write something that could feed into more of my persona so when i came when i did come for him that he would be a little more because you know in the scene he goes he's gonna nut in my eye he's like you know, <laughs> <laughs> just to just to feed into that paranoia of like does he like me or is he gonna kill me and by the way, the one oh. the one contact also I think is so brilliant. Even if you did it just because you didn't want to wear both contacts, because like it really makes you look so much more of a threat. Like you're talking about, oh well, brown eyes is harder than blue, but like the one and one makes you look, you know, when you do the eye thing, Larry's like terrified of you. <laughs> you look crazy, and I'm, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Well, like, it's also just like, like Max Scherzer, the, the, the picture, hilarity of just thing. like, yeah, it's just like the hilarity yeah. of this, like the like the pastiest white guy larry david ever being yeah. like so these like rap lyrics are we supposed to take these literally <laughs> like yeah or you know, is this just like some sort of art form like what, what is what's going on here yeah yeah um, i love I, I love this character that this this crazy eyes guy who's like well why would wanda find out that i'm cheating on her oh maybe it's because it's seemingly literally every person you meet you tell yeah. them that you're cheating on your fiance <laughs> I've known you for I've known you for four minutes. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll tell you all my deepest secrets, and then expect that no one will ever find out. Yeah, because we I think Av when we did the podcast the first time without Chris, we were saying how did Wanda not know? 
Delicious, Matilda. What does she think that Crazy Eyes is doing with them? But, you know, again, uh, m- maybe he is doing something with Delicious, but it's probably less likely based on what we know about uh, Crazy Eyes <laughs> and what we know about Delicious now. Um, yeah. That, that's maybe not really Matilda. one of the flavors. Yeah. yeah maybe Matilda. Maybe Matilda. Sure. You, you didn't, uh, Crazy, uh, Chris, as Crazy Eyes, you do not mention uh, German as one of the flavors that you'd li- like. But maybe, maybe uh, Larry interrupted you. You were going to do that next. So. Yeah. Crazy Eyes doesn't say anything about uh, Lollipop. So I think he's not into Delicious. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. And I'm not. And I'm not uh, bejazzled either. Yeah, uh, so. that's right. <laughs> All right. So um, the, the sacrificial lamb, unfortunately, going up against Crazy Eyes here is, is Wandering Bear. Uh, very, very good. And we'll give Wandering Bear uh, his due. This is uh, just one of the scenes. This is uh, Russell Means uh, playing Wandering Bear. Oh, yeah. Both, uh, both very focused on a certain body part, both of these two characters. Yeah. Hi, Wandering Bear. Hello. How is your vagina? <laughs> getting better good uh cheryl hines is amazing in this in this yeah. series did you tell him about my playing someone who's just like always <laughs> exasperated wondering bear just asked me how my vagina is well, I'm sure I just wanted to see if this show was working. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> asking me about my vagina. God. Wait a second. Did you thank him? No. Oh, I could have at least expressed some gratitude. He did cure your vagina, did he not? <laughs> hey. The price of being married to Larry David is that occasionally strangers will ask you how your vagina is. Might not be such a good idea to ask my wife how her vagina is. I don't know how it is with American Indians, but the Jew generally doesn't ask other men's wives about their vagina. It's a custom thing. Well, if you take her to the white man doctor, he will not only ask about her vagina, he'll look. Um, he also has the great That's scene earlier good. where he argues about a pen and a pencil. I, I think Wandering Bear, amazing. Probably could have gone pretty far in this tournament, but uh, a tough matchup for Wandering Bear here in the yeah, first he round. He got a bad so, draw. Yeah. Uh, so, Av, you already voted before we've been watched. Uh, I'll let Chris <laughs> vote next. Chris, who are you voting for here? I, I, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the killer. Yeah. The killer. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel bad for uh, Wandering Bear because he's very, very funny. By the way, Larry was right. Whether he should have shared the information or not, once he did, uh, she, he's now the one giving the successful advice. So, all right, let's, uh, <laughs> let, let's get to our next matchup is, um, is, is Walter, the anti-Wagnerite Jew, uh, played by Zane Lasky. That is the, three, uh, the third one, season th- two, episode three. That's our three seed going up against our 14 seed, which is Rick Leftowitz, played by Rob Corddry. And he is in uh, The Seder, season five, episode seven. Unfortunately, I couldn't, the clips of him I found on YouTube, I didn't love. And so the, the clip I have here is on, on, on um, HBO, and you guys aren't going to be able to see it. You'll just be able to hear it, which is unfortunate because Rob Corddry really, like the Leftowitz character is made in Rob Corddry's, you know, similar to Chris Williams, like his eyes. And he, always, he like, he bulges out his eyes and like acts like very dramatically with his eyes. And it's very, very funny to me always in, in everything he's done. Uh, but we'll start with Walter, the anti-Wagnerite Jew, who we hear in every episode of this podcast when they, when we go to the postman at the end of the episode. Postman, postman, tell the neighborhood what a shot the Larry David is. Romantic. Yeah, listen to this. Excuse me. Are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? 
You want to check my penis? Okay. Huh? Is that what you want to do? My real question is, what were you whistling? What were you whistling? Hello, Dolly? No, it's Wagner. Oh, was it? Yeah. You, sir, $100. I want to know what a Jew is whistling Wagner for. Do you want to know? When he was one of the great anti-Semites of the world. You know what you are? What am I? You're a self Loathing Jew. Am I? Oh, well, yes, 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 yes. I do hate myself, you, yes. but it has nothing to do with being Jewish, okay? No, it doesn't have anything no, to do doesn't. with Jewish. Yeah. As millions of Jews right. were taken to the concentration camps okay. with Wagner being played in the background. You know? Yes, Hitler's favorite composer. Really? Yes. You know what? They got a mental asylum a couple of blocks No, not down. a mental asylum. I suggest, no, no, I suggest no. you go and check yourself Where's in. Where's your Judaism? Millions Judaism, of where are you? Where, where are you, Judaism? Attitude oh. that you're better. Yeah. I think you put I mean, a muzzle on you. You're foaming at the okay. mouth. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Please, yeah. thank you. Yeah, sure. Now, this Please. is something you need. <laughs> There's Walter, you know, and then, of course, uh, later on in the episode with his daughter, also amazing. He uh, really, really goes at Larry there. Where's your Judaism? Uh, crazy Eyes, we saw his Judaism. We saw that big star David in, in that first scene. So, yeah, you had that established. Yes, indeed. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so. I- I love I love the Walter character. Um, it's just like being familiar with like obviously he's an exaggerated version, but just like that character of like the person who's just like so like attuned to like finding anti-Semitism everywhere in the world and like rooting it out. And like he thinks like, oh, if I just like go out and like and like he's memorized all the Wagner songs, just all that, like in case yeah. he hears someone singing it, he can get an altercation with them. Uh, I just like it's like it just like taps so deeply into like the Jewish neuroses for like looking for anti-Semitism. Yeah. All right. Uh, so now we're going to have uh, a- another Jewish uh, character in the show. Uh, so we have Rob Corddry plays Rick Leftowitz, who is a pedophile and is at Larry's uh, Passover Seder. We just had Passover last week. So very timely uh, very return timely. of um, of Rick Leftowitz here. Hey, Larry. Hey, buddy. Let's I talk to you for a second. Sure. What's up? Um, this is really hard. I, uh, I'm in the throes of a moral quandary right now. Oh, okay. And I don't know what to do. Okay, um, I, I'm not really the right, I'm not a good person to, oh, I think you are. to confide I think you're in the and talk to. No, no, no. You, that's you, my problem. What you need to see is, is a, a, ther- a doctor, a psychiatrist, a counselor <laughs> a of some no, kind. No, 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 I'm, to... I'm, I'm clear on what I'm torn about. My allegiance to you as a friend and not wanting to ruin the party, uh, but... I saw something very shocking, and I think I feel like I have to tell you. What, what's going on? Well, I saw Mr. Dunkel whispering in his son's ear, and then the boy went right over and found the matzah. Oh, my God. Yeah, because he saw me hiding it. We made oh. eye contact. He saw it. Well, there you go. Sorry. Okay. I'll take it from here. Okay. <sighs> and Tobolowski is doing such a great job. What am I going to so get my dollar? Here. Hey, uh, no, I'm just trying to find out why he went back to the There's no need for a third time. Degree. The boy found the Alpha Coleman. Just pay him the dollar. How come you went back, Stevie? Look, stop it. He found the matzah. Pay up. That's that. He found the matzah? Yeah. Because you told him where it was hidden. That is a lie. Didn't you? That is a lie. You don't know anything. How would you know that? How do I know? What a bad denial. 
My friend told me. That's how I know. He saw you whisper in your son's ear and then watched as he ran to the bookcase and got oh, the matzo. Oh, your friend, the convicted sex offender. You take his word. You are By the way, wouldn't it be the Heimlich not mouth to mouth in that scenario? But anyway, yeah, it doesn't work for the, for the joke. Um, my two favorite moments of Rick Leftowitz, um, uh, uh, Rob Cordry in this in the scene, unfortunately, are, are both video ones. Uh, he doesn't say anything. The first time is when Larry looks to him and he gives the resigned but you know supportive nod of yes, you can out me as the as the evidence against uh, uh, Len Dunkel and his son. <laughs> And then the second is his his very sheepish shrug and raising his arm uh, before he says, or as he says, I do. So, um, yeah, so I, I really love Rick Leftowitz. Um, and it's interesting, these two characters, because Walter p- 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 positions himself as a very strong and proud and supportive Jew. But all we see about him is that he's an asshole to Larry in front of the movie theater. He encourages his daughter to like vandalize Larry's house. Whereas Rick, he's seen by the public as, oh, look at this terrible pedophile. But he gives Larry golf tips. He brings latkes to the Seder. He uh, sees the skullduggery, skullduggery and is loyal to Larry, even though it will out him in front of this whole group. Like Rick Leftowitz is a great guy, uh, other than anything he may have allegedly oh, yeah. done <laughs> uh, prior to coming yeah. out of the episode that he's, <laughs> that he's legally required to tell all his neighbors. But um, yeah, so very opposite character. Characters. And I'm going to say, even though Rick is a much uh, better guy in the show, uh, again, other than being a, a convicted pedophile, I, I'm going to vote for Walter here. I love Walter's character. Chris, what about you? Huh, that's, that's tough. Um, because I like the, the subtlety, but I'm going to go, I'll go with Walter too. Yeah. All right. Uh, was that your vote as well? Yeah, I got to go with Walter here. I yeah. need, uh, yeah, Rob Cordry is, is really good. Um, I, it's just, I love the way he leaves it off as like, hey, so I'm a sex offender, but I'm the only one who knows CPR. Your yeah. move. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think that, uh, sort of similar to Dr. Bright, I think uh, of, of the characters we've seen who have not advanced so far in this tournament. He doesn't get any favors for the uh, for the scene, or I mean, or he's better than that scene, I should say, because yeah, he's good in that he, scene, and, and 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 Steve Coogan is amazing in that Doctor Bright scene, but uh, but there's there's even more there, but yeah, in this tournament, he's got a uh, one moment to show up here. Yeah, I mean, I think they're also just both more subtle characters, and that's just like not necessarily going to translate when we're like thinking of like like you know when we're matching them up against these like yeah. larger than life figures in some sure. cases. Yeah. All right, so Walter advances, and our last matchup uh, of the first round is Martine, the nanny, played by Sherry O'Terry. She is our uh, sixth seed. Uh, she's from season three, episode four, the nanny from hell. And going up against our 11th seed, which is Solly, the survivor, played by the late Alan Rich, uh, oh. who we will see a couple times, but it's on the episode, the survivor, which uh, along with Crazy Eyes, I think are those are two favorite episodes so far that we've seen so far of the show off. Uh, but other than you, you well, you have a, a personal uh, affection. Yeah, the Wizard of Oz one. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know the name of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I like yeah, the doll yeah. too. Yeah. Oh no, the dolls also. Yeah, is up there. But I the think, doll is great. Yeah, yeah. Crazy Eyes and Survivor. All right, so let's um, so let's start with uh, uh, with Sherry O'Terry, which is Martine, and this is a a couple minutes, but we have to. She really, we, we really have to see the depths of crazy that exist within Martine, and also She's we have so uh, one of my favorite uh, Larry lines ever, which is I took a risk. <laughs> All right. You, you remember Martine? The uh, Melon's nanny from the pool party. Yeah, he's, he's having a bit of a problem. A problem, I'll say. Mr. Melon fired me. 
It's my suitcase. It doesn't have wheels. Oh. <laughs> doesn't have so, wheels. Um, so she came over here. <laughs> it seems that one of the guests uh, felt the cabana bathroom was beneath him and uh, made his way into the main house. And um, how, how did he find out? Margarita, the cook, she's got a problem with me. She told that I was the person that let the guest in. She squealed on you? She ratted. And he, and he fired you? And he fired me. Well, of course, I remember what you said about, you know, that you would be responsible if anything happened, so... Did, did you tell him that it was me? No, I don't dime. I didn't dime. So, um, <laughs> I remember when I let you in, you said, if there's any problem, I think, uh, I'll take care of it. Um, so here I am. I'm going to have to hold you to that because <laughs> I don't have another job. No. <laughs> so I am homeless. <laughs> Except I don't stink. Uh, okay. And um, I, well, I, the home is big. You know what, Martine? I bet um, Mr. David can do something about the situation. I hope so. Yeah. Is there any way that you could maybe uh, talk to Mr. Mellon yes. and straighten things out? Because I think if you spoke with him, um, I don't know, he would take me back. I'm a pretty good nanny. Okay. I'm a pretty good nanny. Uh, all right. <laughs> I brought my suitcase, so if there's any problem, I can just stay here. Oh, there, there's not going to be a problem. Larry will take care of it. Should we get a oh, juice I box? hope so. <clears throat> well, that's a really good idea. And ordinarily I would, but... You and I have had kind of a falling out. What happened? Well, we were... I was in the restaurant earlier, and... We got to talking about the party, and I happened to mention that I caught a glimpse of his son's penis, and... How about that thing? Huh? It's a... It's huge! And it was probably the wrong thing to do. Yeah, I think it probably was. But anyway, like I was saying, it's going to be difficult to... Talk to him. Why would you do that, Larry? I took a risk. <clears throat> you know what? I think you're not going to have a problem finding another job. <laughs> I mean, people in this yeah, town people love nannies. Love these people they need, need nannies. Them. Yeah. But I'll need Mr. Mellon as a reference if I'm going to get another nanny job. He was my only reference. That was my first nanny job. Oh. What, 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 did you, what did you do before that? Before that, I worked at Magic Mountain in the Looney Tunes Lodge mm. for 15 years. Oh. It's where all the Looney Tunes characters would come out and they would sign autographs for kids. You know, Jeff and I mm-hmm. went there once with his daughter. You did? I, I, was, I went in there. Oh. And, they, and that song, that theme was played all the whole... It was fun. It was fun. Can I talk to you in the kitchen for just a second? She was like, can I get away from this craziness? Exactly. Use that bathroom. Why did she come over here? Well, obviously she thinks I'm responsible for getting her fired and has no place to go. She brought her suitcase. Did you see that? I saw it. Does she think she's staying here? I don't know if she thinks it. I don't know what she thinks. I do not want the nanny from hell in my house. Where did you hear that? The blank from hell? Where did you hear that expression? Oh, my dad used to say it all the time. You know, everything was from hell. No, see, that's Richard Lewis's. It's not Richard Lewis's. It's He made my that up. My dad has been saying that. You know what? Richard Lewis coined that. Listen, Cheryl. the point is, I do not want her here, okay? You you wouldn't believe the things that she's been telling me for the last 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. She's full of non sequiturs. I 
She tells me she likes to pet horses. She enjoys a good corn dog. That's a good corn dog. She takes baths with her socks on. I mean, honestly, she's got a school somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. She's maybe a little eccentric, but she seems perfectly harmless to me. Chris, do you enjoy a good corn dog? <laughs> oh man, she—I do actually. I haven't had a corn dog in a while, but but she's brilliant. She's really, but the the the, the what I love about that is that it's it's so underplayed, crazy, yet on the edge of like bonkers. Does that make sense? Yeah, nine. Yeah, she plays it so she she toes that line between you would think she could be normal. But she's, you can tell that she's off. Yeah. And that's just, a, that's brilliant. It's just, uh, it's brilliant. And let's not forget by the final scene in the episode, which we only see in flashback, slow motion, black and white form, where she <laughs> attempts to mur- murder Susie, basically. <laughs> um, you know, you, you, you talked about, you know, the performance of Sherry O'Terry. She was, and part of it is also everyone's favorite time of SNL, sort of like everyone's favorite music is like when they were growing up. And so for me, it was like that whole, uh, that whole group in the nineties, but like Will Ferrell, who was, you know, probably like, you know, the, the, the biggest star on SNL at that time, but he had so many iconic characters that he did with Sherry O'Terry. Like they had the cheerleaders and the, and, and, and Sherry O'Terry was just so amazing on SNL. And um, yeah, and she, she doesn't, you know, she, she's not, she doesn't become the star that Will Ferrell does. And, but yeah, but she, she was, she was so good. And when she, she absolutely, she's amazing in this, in this whole episode. Uh, but she's going up against another tough one because, uh, again, from one of our favorite episodes ever, it is Solly. It is the survivor friend of um, of Nat mm. David, Larry's dad. And here he's going to get into a fight with Colby Donaldson mm-hmm. uh, about which one is a better survivor uh, at the uh, Shabbos dinner before they renew their vows the, the next day. Inhabit this region. Oh. It was harrowing. Oh. You come across a Taipan on the trail, you get bit. You're dead. Oh. 30 minutes flat. Oh. 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 I'll tell you, that's a very interesting story. Let me tell you. I was in a concentration camp. You never even suffered one minute in your life compared to what I went through. Look, I'm saying, I'm saying we spent 42 days trying to survive. We had very little rations, no snacks. Snacks? But you're talking snacks. We didn't eat sometimes for a week, for a month. Don't. We weighed nothing. I went from home. I mean, I couldn't even work out when I was over there. They certainly didn't have a gym. The, what? I mean, I wore what my sneakers you? out, and then the next thing you know, I've got a pair of flip-flops. Flip-flops? We slip on the ground, <laughs> on the dirt, okay? 118 degrees during the day, 98 at night with 98% humidity. 45 degrees below zero. Did you guys have a bathroom? A bathroom? No, we didn't have We one. had 12 people at a time would go and shit. Well, I'm sure you had toilet paper. We had newspaper. We had mosquitoes. We mosquito. certainly didn't have mosquitoes. You see this glass eye? Huh? Huh? Well, have you even seen the show? <laughs> Did you ever see our show? It was called the Holocaust. Look, all I know is I was damn close to that million dollars, all right? And the whole time, everyone's backstabbing me and undermining me, trying to get me kicked off the show. You don't, don't activate yourself. about survival. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. Yeah, just uh, a dynamite performance. And also, by the way, and, and Chris, you can talk to us about this for a second. Colby Donaldson, not an actor. He's a guy who's famous from a reality show. And he comes on and plays a fiction, uh, like a semi-fictionalized version of himself. But he has to come on and play like a tremendous asshole version of himself. He's getting into an <laughs> argument with an old Holocaust survivor. And I mean, it's actually it's an incredible job by, by him as, as an actor, you know, as a guy with not a lot of acting experience, as far as I know, at that point in his life, certainly. Yeah, he did a really great job. I mean, in, in order to just uh, push it, push it just enough. Yeah, there are a lot of people who have that conviction when they're wrong. But he, you have to like, he, you can tell he totally believes it. And that's the only way that it works. 
yeah. is if he's so offended that you know he's so offended by you know the holocaust survivor is so offended he's like <laughs> it's just like no 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 no. what are you talking about there are lasers in the sky that are killing people and they're eating babies what is the problem with that and you're like what are you talking you're like what are you talking so by the way if that person got in a debate with Sally, they would probably tell Sally that he's a crisis actor that his whole life is made up because of course the exactly. didn't exist. um and then exactly. Sally, of course later in the episode he's uh i love when he says what are you making fun for me when they're when they're in the limo when larry's uh trying to block out the the, the sun from Sally's glass eye uh so all right Sally gets martine this is a really tough matchup our last match from the first round. yeah Chris, this, is, this go? is a tough one Oof. I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go with Terry. All right. So Martine gets one vote. Um, Av, you can be the deciding vote. Cause I'm going to vote for Sally here. And I think the reason is because like when we just watched that scene, I mean, they're both very good in the scene and, and Martine is just a very, very, very funny scene there. But like, I, I have such more of an iconic memory of Sally and maybe partly cause you know, he's a little closer to home for me than, uh, but it just, I, I think of him and I think of that scene all the time. The survivor scene is one of my favorite scenes in the history of Curb. Mm. And, and like that episode is so iconic, I think largely because of, of that scene. Um, and, and, and Martine and the nanny from hell episode, it's like, you know, the, the, I remember more frankly in that episode about, you know, uh, Larry saying I took a risk and talking about the Hughes huge penis and fuck you, fuck you. That's like more famous from this episode. Um, you know, who, who, who came up with the, uh, the hell, this is the lunch from hell. Um, there's a lot more, like, I don't think of Martine in the same way. So I'm going to vote for Sally here. Uh, you're the deciding vote. Yeah. I have a, I have a lot to say on this subject. So, um, I, I don't think this came up, uh, when we, when we first watched the episode with Martine. Um, but you know, a lot of the times through this, uh, process, we've been like spotting like lines and jokes and like situations that were like, Oh, that's a thing that came up on Seinfeld. And that was a Larry David thing, obviously not like a Jerry Seinfeld yeah. thing or somebody else's. And I don't think we, we brought this up, but the, the wearing socks in the bathtub, um, <laughs> akin to the, um, George Costanza saying in the, uh, the phone message that his father wears sneakers in the pool. Oh, like yeah. obviously that's the same thing right that's yeah. like that's just like a larry david joke that for whatever reason the mm. idea of like wearing your socks or your sneakers in the water is like a silly thing um yeah we it's it's funny we went uh we went to like a, a hotel with an indoor pool for winter break where like you can reserve the room for covid purposes and my four-year-old daughter has become so accustomed to wearing a mask like she doesn't even like notice that she's wearing it that gets she, in the pool yeah. she went in the pool on three separate occasions while wearing a mask oh, wow. and we're like, like what are you you're wearing a mask what are you doing how do you not yeah. realize that you're wearing a mask mm. mask and socks now. She's like, she's like underwater in a mask. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> she's like, dad, you made two, me wear two socks. Tidbits, <laughs> two tidbits. A, I read for Seinfeld to be the black guy who uh, Elaine dates who is not, looks, looks white. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they, no, they no, said, no, I, are, I we, are we supposed to be talking about this? Episode? Yeah. And they said, they, uh, they said, I, I just look too black. <laughs> so didn't I get that one? Sorry about that, Chris. <laughs> but then also uh, Festivus. And Dan O'Keefe, who uh, came up with, who wrote for Seinfeld, who came up with uh, Festivus, uh, went to my high school. I grew up with oh, him. Oh, wow. Oh, small world. <laughs> and they did have Festivus at their house. Are you serious? Oh, so he's so that was like a real thing. That was a That's real a thing. Real thing. Well, I know post Seinfeld, it's a real thing because, like, me and my idiot friends do it because, you know, we want excuses to air our grievances. But, like, they were doing it, but like the show, Seinfeld didn't make it up. Seinfeld came from that. That's amazing. I don't think I knew that. He was a writer on Seinfeld. <laughs> he was a writer on Seinfeld, and he used that. And that's his. His family actually did that. And what his father was upset with and, the commercialism he, of of uh, Christmas or whatever. 
something like that. And they, that's what they celebrated festivals. And he was a writer in Silicon Valley. Oh, look oh, at wow, that. Cool. Oh, it all comes together. <laughs> As he was raining blows upon another father fighting for a toy. All right, so Av. Uh, by the way, I, I love another thing about, uh, you know, just these, these subtleties of the Martine character. She uses so many different, um, you know, Larry says she squealed. And she responds, um, she responds, she ratted me out. And then later she says, I don't dime. So I think like Martine's backstory, she might have had a, a, a rough upbringing in life. You know, she may have spent some time uh, as, as a guest of the, of the government, the way she talks about uh, ratting and diving. And, you know, she, she's loyal. But um, all right. So uh, who are you voting for here, uh, Martine or Sally? Yeah. So, you know, again, like the Martine is, is really iconic. Um, you know, this is just obviously, you know, personal bias comes into play here. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll echo Chester here, grandchild of multiple uh, sur- Holocaust survivors, you know going through life where like knowing people that, you know, they can attend a dinner party and always have the ultimate Trump card of, Oh, you think you experienced something bad. I was in the Holocaust. Right. But wait, did, exactly. this, well, this is, so that's also from Seinfeld, of course, when George is trying to get the apartment against um, um, the survivor of the, Oh my goodness, my mind just went blank and I'm going to get dunked on by our listeners. Um, what's the maritime disaster? Oh, the Andrea Doria. Yeah, the Andrea Doria. Uh, thank you. Uh, wait, but uh, so you actually heard somebody like get in an argument and, and reference the Holocaust? As, no, like, as, not like, exactly oh. this. But like, I have <laughs> grandparents who were in the Holocaust, yeah. so it's like anything that like I have negative mm. to say about anything in life is oh. like, yeah, well, I was in the Holocaust. But that, that's yeah, that's your own guilt. They don't need to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just implied in every oh, okay. conversation you have for your entire life. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Rich white kid from New York in 1990. With like a you know a car and VCRs and all these things, yeah, yeah. I was in a concentration camp. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, right. I, it was it, it really uh, it, it hits home. So um, you know, it's uh, the the have you seen our show? It was yeah. called the Holocaust. It's like that's the line from Curb yeah. that I referenced the most in my life. Yeah, um, for me, it's so, yeah. snacks. Why are you talking snacks? Yeah. Um, um, fun fact, it's like the, it's interesting that Colby mentions um, the 42 days of Survivor out of the 40 seasons of American Survivor, 39 of them were 39 days. And that was the only one that was 42. So it's just like a weird, yeah. Yeah, it's just like that a weird fluke that that's like that. It's like any like random casual will be like 42 days, 30. like 30 Survivor. Everyone knows Survivor is 39 days. But like that's the one season that they did three extra days. Mm. Hmm. Um, all right. So now we have Jew versus Jew violence in the second round here because we have Sally <laughs> against Walter, both very concerned about the Holocaust. Lots of opinions <laughs> about concentration camps. Uh, this is a, a, a matchup that uh, maybe it was predestined. I don't know, but it was totally random that this happened. Um, only, um, one can, only one yeah. will survive. Yeah. <laughs> One of them is uh, <laughs> going to the chambers, unfortunately. Hey, <laughs> All right, yeah, maybe I should take that out. I don't know. Nah, we're no, leaving it in. in. Uh, leave it in. We must go forward, not back. <laughs> Only forward. Um, all right, uh, who are you voting for here, Walter or Solly? This is really close. I think I, I think I lead Walter here just because um, he's just like funnier. Like he just like jumps off the page more. Um, I'm gonna vote Solly, and I'm gonna let Chris be our deciding vote here. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> It's the selection time. <laughs> who goes to the left? Who goes to the right? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> well, I went Walter last uh, last round. Oof. I like Sally. I'll go Sally though. Ooh, Sally with the yeah. upset. Yeah, because uh, yeah. upsets. All right, so uh, Sally, the survivor, survives another round. Survive in advance. That's survives all you Survives once do. again. Yes, that's all you need to do in the tournament. Is uh. Um, all right, now then, then who will he face? Will he face Crazy Eyes Killer or John McEnroe? I, I, not a lot of drama there. Uh, well, Av, I know that uh, you love John McEnroe. You're a big tennis fan, but I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Crazy Eyes Killer here. So, 
All right. Yeah, I, I, I got to agree. Um, Jack, yeah. John McEnroe um, should be very proud of himself to advance to the second round. Um, you know, he, he does very well as a straight man, but like a straight man is not necessarily going to be the, you know, the, the alpha dog. All right, but now we have more Jew on Jew violence because Crazy Eyes, apparently, the convert to Judaism, Sally uh, Jew as well. Uh, Chris Williams is like, why did I come on a podcast where they made me play a character who uh, <laughs> eliminates a Holocaust survivor in a draft of surviving? But <laughs> but uh, listen, I think that's where we are. Um, and, uh, you know, again, great job by uh, great job by Sally. You uh, you survived to see many wonderful things. But I think he survived all the way to the final four. Yes. You made it, you made it to the final four. You got to, you got to cut down the, you got to cut down the nets in a, in a very Jew heavy region. It was Martine and three Jews. Um, but yeah, I, think, uh, I think crazy eyes uh, ends ends uh, Sally's run here. Um, so let, let's go to the other uh, semifinal matchup, which for uh, those who have forgotten, because it was like an hour ago is um, Monina, the hooker against Katie Huffman. So uh, who are you going to vote for here? Um, it's I, it's close. I mean, it's got to be Monita, though. I mean, she's just like so much more iconic. I mean, I think, you know, we, we obviously have a very special place in our heart for Katie Huffman. Um, and she is more of a recurring character. So like that gives her some points. But like the fact that like Monita shows up the way she does and just like makes her presence known on this show for years to come. You got to you got to go to Monita. Yeah. Um, I think I actually voted against Monina, so this is sort of like Chris last time. I voted for for Porno Gill, I think, over Monina, didn't I? Or I don't remember. Um, and Andy Portico, I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I, I assume I got a flip flopper over here. Yeah, but I'm gonna vote for Monina as well, unless uh, Chris can sway us. I think it's. Uh, I, I got, I got Monina, Monina. Yeah. All right, so yep. we have we have uh, friends in real life battling here to see who was uh, who's gonna be the winner today. Uh, so that that's a tough one. And, and, Come yeah. with guy, the the cool day law girl, mm. cool day law girl. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she, uh, yeah, yeah, he's the one who introduced the, the line, of course, is uh, Crazy yeah. Eyes. And then so uh, just what, what, picking it up in the culture. <laughs> what I'll say here is that uh, when we were watching the uh, the Crazy Eye clips, uh, Crazy Eyes clip earlier, I noticed on the Zoom that uh, Chris was lip syncing along in the background. So maybe <laughs> if we can get the, uh, you know, the full rap played live on the podcast, I think that would probably go a long way in swaying our vote. Well, that's a lot of pressure. But uh, uh, Chris, do you, do, you, do you remember the, the, the whole rap that you did there? You know what? It's interesting. I actually had I found my notes from when I first was writing it. Right Is that the one you're um, holding but, in the scene? <laughs> it may no. I was it was when I was working out because I had I had all these other like small references and uh, to, so you, so you think you're going something something and mess with my shit yep. and smacking your lip. Don't fuck with me, nigga. You won't get dropped. I snap off your neck with a crack on pop. If you say anything, you'll beg me to die. Cause I'll make you suck my dick, then I'll nut in your eye. I stomp on your world like my name is Godzilla. I'm coming for you, motherfucker. I'm your crazy ass killer. I'm, I'm gonna be like this in the podcast. <laughs> uh, all right, now yeah. we will uh, we will present an opportunity for Monina to deliver her lines live on this podcast. <laughs> Monina, I, ju- I just texted her too. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. So, um, <laughs> Um, by the way, I want I you can easily find the crazy eyes killer rap lyrics on the internet. Unsurprisingly, there, there's like these articles, like the top crazy eyes moments from Curb. It's kind of crazy, like you were in three scenes, and yet, all right, here's a top ten of like from three scenes. Um, do you mind? Do you mind if we play the uh, the uh, the crib scene as well, Chris? Oh no, let's, all right, let's do okay. it. All right, so let's play the the, uh, the scene where you give Larry the tour of the house. So right here is when Delicious opens the door. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they cut that out. All right, that's too bad. We would have got to meet Delicious. Answered so many questions that we had. What the fuck you doing? Hey, where's my nigga? Where's my nigga? 
there's no motherfucking nigga right there. Get your ass in here. I play I'm a version right. of that Larry in with my baby, but uh, it's a little different. You came to see my motherfucking shit, didn't you? Crazy guys. Um, oh, I'm supposed to meet Cheryl and Wanda. Do you, do you have any idea where they where they went? Fuck, um, I think he said something about tea bags. Is that right? Tea bags. Tea bags. Yeah. 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 Thanks, crazy. Hey, 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 what's up, man? Where you going? You just got here, nigga. Don't you want to tour the house? You want to tour the house, don't you? You want to tour? Come on, motherfuckers, come on! <laughs> yeah, that's right, come on. Yeah, Larry fucking David. Okay, yeah. See, this shit, this is a dining room, you uh -huh. know? This is where you eat. Yeah, you, you do a dining in here and shit. You, uh -huh. you got some, uh, you got a table, a dining room table. Yeah. You got some, uh, chairs and shit, you know? Uh -huh. You got some lamps and shit. You got the floor, you know what I mean? It's made out of, um, you know, some floor <laughs> shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that's what that's right here. That's what that's 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 <laughs> two but but three is better so everything was excess and then as mm -hmm. you say we go into the hall i turn around i said see i got a pool i said i had a pool motherfucking pool i said i was on a, um uh i put water in that motherfucker because make it cool he's like because you know you have a <laughs> he's like why would you put water i said yeah you got that fucking hole in the ground you know what i'm saying but i put cool more than that motherfucker makes it cool and then you go to the right and that's when i go into my uh into my music room and shit ah. Yeah, so it's too bad they cut all this. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the curb, and I think we've talked about this before. Off, like it doesn't have, it, it doesn't have like online access to like as many like uh, sort of extras and cut scenes as a lot of other shows do. I guess because a lot yeah. of I don't know a lot of shows maybe did it as like DVD extras and they get like, clipped to, to YouTube eventually. But like Curb should have more because the scenes are. It's not just you know rehearsing the same scene over and over again and then you know somebody laughs or whatever. Like it's it's totally it could be totally original stuff because it's not necessarily scripted at all. And so it's I would love to see more of that. You could totally do alternate you could do a, a same episode with alternate yeah. takes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah that. and there, there could especially since like because it's curb and because it's like already allowed to be so explicit like a there could be stuff that just like it was just like too racy to even put in this show that could just be hilarious. Uh, there could be stuff that was great, but just like didn't necessarily fit in with what they needed to accomplish in the scene. So they, it just got, you know, didn't make the cut. You know, there could be like the, the funniest lines could have been cut in some instances. Well, I wonder, Chris, so much old. like when this show was on, uh, you know, it was on HBO, it wasn't on network TV, but it was still like people thought inside the box a lot more about TV. And so I think an episode had to be 30 minutes, whereas now if they had 46 minutes of good material, they'd be like, fuck it. We can make it a 46. It's not like the season finale. Who cares? Like people aren't watching it from nine to nine 30 on Sunday night. They're watching it whenever, you know, like uh, online or whatever. I mean, do you think we, if they, we shot this, this, if, yeah, if they re, if they recut this episode, is it longer? Do you think? Or, Oh yeah. We shot this April of 2002. That's a long time. And it ago. Aired, no, 2002. And it aired November, 2003. No. So it was April, 2003. Um, but it's still 18 That's years ago. Way. And so in TV, it's like, you know, so many generations ago. Can you see that? Got crazy eyes giving the tour. All right. So, yeah, we got to. So everyone follow Chris Williams on Instagram. We'll put a we'll put a link in the uh, the show notes. Yeah. 
Big like your theory about supporting a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So check this shit out. We're gonna go. I got a hallway for you. It's a bad motherfucker. Come on, put the hat. Yeah, you got the hat, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So you can you can see see the some of the deleted scenes. It's Chris Williams underscore on Instagram. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Um. Probably probably a lot of people named Chris Williams out there. I'm gonna guess. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately yeah. there's fewer Avraham Senenskis I would guess uh, <laughs> slightly fewer yeah the scene we're watching is is the tour stuff, you know what I mean we got a door here and yeah. a door there you know we got rooms all over this motherfucker uh-huh. you know what I mean uh-huh. yo check it you like this shit the oriental room and shit so all the shit go down right there that's a lot smaller than I would have thought. It's maybe I'll get, I will get a bigger bed. You know, there's like three or four motherfuckers in there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, you you mother- gotta have three or four See, motherfuckers in there. You're a motherfucking pimp, ain't you? I don't think I, I You are a pimp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I want. I, I, I got a. You got a garbage can? <laughs> no, you just throw that shit anyway. I got some. Let me throw it. Toss it. Okay. Toss the motherfucker. See? There you go. Watch this shit. Yo, delicious! Delicious! Tell Matilda to come in here and clean this shit up. And bring me an Alize. You want some real? No, thank you. <laughs> I actually kind of got it. What's up? You like some shit? What? I have the exact same jacket. But I mean, I lost it, but I... You don't understand, I'm supposed to wear this in this movie hey, tomorrow. It's cool, it's cool, man. Shit, you got all excited and shit. You want to try it on? Go try it on. Shit, I don't give a shit. No, but this is unbelievable because I, I lost the jacket. Got a fucking jacket home, man. Holy shit, I can't even believe this. Think about putting a plasma screen on the fucking ceiling and have like um Scarface like 24-7. I'm sitting. Oh, you official. Uh-huh. This is like, amazing. Yeah. This is amazing. I like that shit. You like it? All right. It's yours. Get out. Fuck it. Fuck it. I don't need I don't need I got plenty of shit Crazy right here. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. You have to say shit. We roll like that, you know what I mean? Are you my Caucasian? I'm your f- man. Are you my Caucasian? I'm your fucking Caucasian. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, all right. You know what? What's Honest that? to God, I-, I love the crib. Right? It's fantastic. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to get my ass. My wife's going to kick my ass. I got to get out of here. Oh, shit. You got to go? Yeah, I got to go. Oh, man. I know how that shit is. Okay. I know how that shit is. Don't don't let her fuck with you. You all right? Yeah, I'm going to sneeze. But thank you. All right. Yo, delicious. Get a tissue. My man's going to sneeze. Delicious. By the way, I, I noticed that Larry David's jacket is on a hook in Crazy Eyes' bedroom. <laughs> for some <Right>. reason. Um, <laughs> um, l- let me ask you a question. Uh, Chris, I- I- where is Crazy Eyes from, like, in the rap game? Is he West Coast because they live in L.A. now? Is, you know, what's his background? He's, he, like? he's, he's definitely East Coast. He's okay. an East Coast rapper. Yeah, okay, yeah, so, yeah. He, so he moves out West he's to changing. be a... Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just uh, my limited exposure. But to me, like Alizé, I think of as more of like a, a West Coast drink. Like I feel like that was like Tupac and Snoop. Well, that was a Alizé. rapper's drink at the time. That was like you know the, all those hip, but, there's like hypnotique, yeah. there's one and, and like oh, okay. some random. I, I needed to come up with some random alcohol yeah. that was very specific to the rap community. Mm. And I think on MTV Cribs, I was everyone had Alizé. Everyone kept talking about Alizé yeah. in two thousand. By the way, did we miss this clip? That wasn't odd. Ah, that doesn't have the part where he talks about um, the room of Scarface twenty four seven, right? Yeah, I just, I just saw. Oh, it. did I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. I was uh, I was laughing through it. I guess. Um, all right, yeah. So uh, crazy eyes, uh, and you know, obviously, it's you know, you're here, and so it looks like the thumbs on the scale, but it's really not like you know. Um, 
I, I ranked sort of the characters when even before we knew that, you know, that you might ever come on this podcast before Tim brought you on the other episode and I had crazy eyes uh, at least through the first six seasons. So we'll see what happens uh, in a future season. But we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens. yeah, I had crazy eyes as, as, as number one on my power rankings. Um, just an iconic performance and, and also on this podcast here today. Uh, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us. Um, yeah, well, uh, maybe Av and I will start a, um, a Silicon Valley podcast and then you can uh, come on to discuss <laughs> that one as well. Um, that, is, Thanks so much, guys. that alone may make it worthwhile. Yeah, well, we have our first guest lined up, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thanks so much for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. All right, yeah, so yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you so much. Uh, and Chris, I still guys, can't Killa believe that this is, this is 18 years, 18 years later. Yeah. People are still talking about Oh, you know, yeah. as I said, I got cameo. At least, at least two people people, are. <laughs> well, once a week, I at least get a cameo. People asking me to swear, yeah, uh, swear at them and, and call them, you know, they're yeah. Caucasian. So, yeah, you guys are both Kunde Lai with me. Ah, oh, nice. that's great. All right. And, and he didn't Likewise. even that in our eyes. So, it's, it's a big win. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Thank you so All much, right. Chris. This Thank was you so much. Fun. Thanks Chris. for having me, guys. Appreciate um, it. Ah, next week, we uh, dive into season seven. Is that right? That's right. So, we yeah. made it. Uh, next week, uh, uh, season seven is Funk Hour's Crazy Sister, uh, which means we get more of the Funk Man. Uh, we get his sister as well. Um, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, Catherine O'Hara. With uh, sh- she might be on like when we do the season seven through nine. I mean, she uh, she certainly makes a memorable appearance on Curb. We'll say that. Will and she so- come on the podcast? We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess we will. Um, but yeah, Bam 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 Funkhauser will be with us next week. So uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. We may not have Chris with us on the podcast next week, but even without Chris, we'll have a new episode and a whole new season of Curve. And as far as I'm concerned, that is... Pretty, 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 pretty.